0: Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 210 of the Ham Radio Podcast. 210. It's me, Carrick, with ACG. And we are joined by a very special guest.
1: Hey, uh, this is Rob. I'm with the YouTube channel at Rule of Two Review. So, super stoked to be on this podcast. Thank you guys so much for uh, having me. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And Rob, yeah. would, would you like to tell everyone what you're doing over on Rule of Two Review? Great name that rolls off the tongue, by the way.
1: It really, it really does. That was an accident uh, name that I created back when I started as like a WordPress site in like 2010, and then oh, wow. YouTube took off, and I was like, yeah, I was like, I guess I'll do this on YouTube. It's also a Star Wars reference for any uh, super. Yes, cool it is.
2: Yes, that's what it, I thought it was from. I that actually is what <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's
1: what, yeah.
2: Oh, gotcha. Um, I didn't even. Yeah, catch but that. it's.
1: Yeah, that's yeah the rule of two, you know. So there right. can be there's always two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but basically the channel's just just uh, me. I'm a, definitely a big Nintendo fan, so a lot of the focus of my channel is. Talking Nintendo stuff, talking news, talking random theories and speculations and stuff that comes to my head. But for the most part, it's just any video game topics. If big news breaks, I like to kind of break it down. Um, I don't do many huge projects, but I happen to be working on my first huge project. And this is, I guess, kind of a good opportunity to to bring that up. But uh, I'm working on what I'm calling the 20 best games for an Atari Jaguar Mini.
3: Mm, and I know right. that that's...
1: The weirdest freaking thing anyone could ever think of. Um, But I love the Jaguar. It's this weird, forgotten, obscure, terrible 90s console that I adore, right? Uh, Because we all have those weird things that, like, you maybe know it's not so great, but it just clicks with your nostalgia in that one way.
0: Well, maybe not nostalgia, but uh, I love the Vita.
1: (laughs) But the the Vita is different, though, because the Vita was at least pretty much objectively a good machine that just didn't do super well, right? Yeah, Yeah, I'd say so, at least. Yeah, I mean, me too. And the Jaguar is, was not really very good. <laughs> and yeah, the Jaguar well.
2: was the opposite of that.
1: <laughs> it was, but uh, I, I still collect for it. Um, I'm actually looking at picking up a Jaguar CD later today. I've been eyeing one on eBay for a while, just for the sake of collecting. And um, the the spin to this big project that I'm working on, it's my first scripted, heavily edited kind of documentary style video. I've already done the audio for it. Is uh, it's really just an excuse to talk about the top twenty Jaguar games out of the fifty that exist? So do with that math what you oh, will. No, there's only fifty. Uh,
3: that's awesome.
1: <laughs> fi- yeah, fifty official games, but there were some homebrew games that have shown up over the last like fifteen or so years too. Wow. it's a really weird. It's a weird story. The Jaguar. Uh, yeah. So I just plan on covering some of that, and that's probably going to take me another two or three weeks. But that's a. Uh, that's one big project that I hope to get out soon that I hope people check out.
0: I'm looking forward to that cuz I know nothing about that system, you know. That was that was a little bit uh before my time. That was before your time. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. for me I was like I was kind of born into, you know, my, my first consoles were, were I remember like the Dreamcast and the the 64. You know, those were my two things. <laughs> Good stuff. So, yeah, so you mean, aren't yeah. even you weren't even alive then. So I
2: got excited about the Turbo Mini coming out uh, soon. I don't know what that is. You you honest. wouldn't even know what that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's so
1: funny. It's it's funny you say that, Karik, because the the reveal of the TurboGrafx Mini was when I got the idea to spin my big Jaguar documentary video in the in the jaguar mini kind of format you know yeah i was like man we got genesis snes nes there's the n64 hyperkin thing there's a a, once we got to turbo graphics mini yeah you know it's yeah
2: somebody's digging the bottom of the well when you go to the turbo graphics 16 and i loved it and even i would admit that so i don't think i don't think a lynx or a jaguar is that is that crazy (laughs) when it comes to what could possibly come out from a company (laughs)
1: It might not be, but, and so if it happens, I just like the idea of getting that first video out that I actually talked about. Oh, yeah, favorite. for sure. I mean, it's a joke, but it'll be fun to talk about something that I really like, so. so that's, that's awesome, that. man. Yeah. yeah it's it's yeah. funny
0: you mention, like, Nostalgia Machines, because this bad boy just came in the mail today. Little uh, Game hey, Boy Advance SP. SP. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it's funny you mentioned, like, retro-fueled projects. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I want to make a video kind of just about the Game Boy Advance SP, like. it's strange you mentioned, like, top games, because that was the idea that kept cycling in my head, just an excuse to talk about these games I grew up with that I loved oh so much, and uh, an excuse to play them again, you know, for work-related purposes, we'll call it. So, it's just funny you you brought that up. But, anyway, uh, Carrick, on your side of things, is there any any projects that you're working on, man?
2: Yeah, I'm actually, I'm stoked. I think I had, oh, by the way, if if I look like I'm suckling blood... It's not—it's not my teeth. It's my green screen's all screwed up, so it looks like I'm—it looks like I'm drinking
0: blood or something. It's crazy. It's all red. It's um, funny because in the middle of Rob talking about his project, he changes it the it. green,
3: and all I see is you just like show
0: your teeth real quick, and then hide yeah, from... people are gonna go
2: back and go. What yeah. yes. Um, I, I'm incredibly happy with the um, with the listen rate that of a video I did. I'm breaking down every episode of Stranger Things, um, and then comparing mm. it to episodic gaming and what TV shows can do that episodic gaming should pick up on, and then. And what game tvs tv shows could do that would make a, a tv show feel a little bit more ingrained which i think stranger things already does um and so that is an each episode is about two hour and a half two hours um where i go like scene by scene and stranger things because i like the show mm-hmm. but there's a lot of stuff about gaming that i think that show nails and um I wanted to sort of com- compare and contrast like episodic gaming or just games in general, how they build their storylines, how long they take, how quick they are sometimes. And you're like, Oh, I saved this guy. It's already done. No one gives a shit because I'm saving everybody. Those kind of weird disconnects you get in quests. And then I'm reviewing, <clears throat> um, I'm reviewing two, um, I, I, I don't want to say they're amazing yet, but I'll just say they're amazing in, in their idea. There's a game where you drive around trying to solve mysteries in a taxi cab. And that is called Night Call, and you are a taxi cab driver listening to people behind you, and as you're trying oh, to make money, driving. a taxi to cab. that 3 It was. It oh, was. Oh yeah, and that one looked I,
0: interesting. That's already out. We're coming out. Yeah, soon.
2: no, it's coming. It's coming out next week. And so um, the uh, I, I got in contact with those guys, and then um, I'm looking at Griftland, which is a card-based game and might be the only card battler game ever on PC that I enjoy. Um, So far, Mm -hmm. I am fucking, I adore it. So we'll see if that continues. Uh, Dragon Quest uh, Builders uh, 2. 2. I've got about 62 hours in that. And then um, I'm also doing a review of another game. Um, And because I can't remember the name, it doesn't mean it's bad. I literally have not got a chance. Well, yeah, to Oh yeah, you just mentioned on.
0: four different. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, serious. sixty hours. Oh, of drag- and I'll
2: I, and I'll be doing the the surge uh, preview. Cool. Um, I got I got. I can't remember the other game. I apologize, but anyway, yeah, there's there's two or three games I'm reviewing. It's been a lack of reviews period. Mm-hmm. So I've done like little side stuff, but man, Anchor. I was telling you about this before yeah. doing taking the podcast and. I think I forgot to send you a link.
0: I apologize. No, you're good. Um, it's no rush. I'll I, do that I, while we I talk. I have it on my phone, and like I saw it every day, and I honestly procrastinated. So, oh,
2: Dude, it's so great, <laughs> It's so, um, and that's been really helpful. But yeah, nice. so some game reviews and some podcast stuff.
0: Good stuff, yeah. For me, um, it's looking like August 1st might might be a, a big day for me. We'll see. Uh, August, the beginning of August, the first week of August, should be really good. But yeah. Um, We'll see. I don't. I don't want to tease what yet because you know it's paperwork, all that fun stuff. Um, so we shall see. But uh, anyway, is that what you and I talked about last last week? Yeah. Yes. And then we'll fill oh, it after this for so so out. I thought that was for sure. I'm so curious.
2: I thought that was for sure. Is it? Sort <laughs> it's of for a, sure. Of the it's paperwork? Just,
0: yeah, paperwork. So he's like understood. Anything has to change, yeah. anything false. Yeah, gotcha. all that complicated yeah. I was just stuff. making
2: sure. That's what I was wondering, is mm-hmm. if something complicated had sprung its... Like, you'll put a plan together, mm-hmm. you would be like, this is for sure happening.
0: Mm-hmm. I, yeah.
2: Windows update yesterday for me. Yeah, there like, you go. Yeah, this is for yeah, sure. Yeah, the, oh, the Windows dude. update
0: of real life, legal yep. documents. What a
2: disaster.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so, with all of that in mind, we were talking a little bit about consoles, nostalgia, and some little children's first console maybe the switch Lite, which was just revealed this week rob as a as a nintendo centric channel we'll say
3: let, let's get yeah. your
0: starting thoughts on the reveal where it's at you know you covered even the rumors leading up to it so uh, yeah. you, you definitely had i'd say the most stake in this out of anybody here mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. what, what is your general takeaway of of the 200 dollars switch Lite?
1: So, general takeaway, I've thought about it a lot, and it's, it is kind of a, a tricky takeaway. Overall, like, it's a pretty quality-looking product, right? I think that it looks sleek. I think it looks exactly like what Nintendo wants it to be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to doubt the quality of their hardware design. Like, the Switch had some issues at launch, but overall it was really solid. All their hardware is. So I think this will be the same, um, and I think that they know that there is probably a market for this thing. So I uh, expect it to do really well. I think that most people who might go into buying this thing, truly knowing what they're getting and knowing what they want out of their gaming with it, I think will be really, really happy. Um, my, I mean, my personal opinion, and I, I discussed it on my own like 16-minute long sort of breakdown, I'm not terribly excited for it. Um, I don't think it needed to excite me, of course, but when I just look at it as valuing my own purchasing decision, uh, I think that the big thing everyone talks about, not having the opportunity to be played on a TV is, is a huge misstep that I think is going to lose them a lot of other potential consumers. I do, Like I said, I expect it to sell well in its own little bubble for sure. Right. But I think that there's a lot of other people and gamers and money on the table that Nintendo might have been missing. I mean, I might have had a reason to buy a second one maybe for my girlfriend instead of waiting for a pro if that ever exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have had a reason to buy that because she is going to be playing Animal Crossing, for example. And this is the kind of thing where people say portable centric games like a Pokemon and an animal crossing would be perfect for a portable only switch. And I think that's true. Um, But it really stings to me that they, in my opinion, I feel like they would have had to have very purposefully by design, not allowed this thing to be docked because I can't imagine that they necessarily saved any money or cut any costs in removing that feature. You right. know, as opposed to changing the Joy-Con functionality, you don't have separate devices, you don't have HD rumble and IR sensors, you're clearly cutting costs, so you can sell it for less. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the pass-through ability, either to be plugged into a dock or just a cable that plugs into HDMI on in your TV, I, don't, I can't imagine there's a lot that they pulled out of the Switch light to remove that function, so I feel like they literally made just a conscious effort to do so. And I really wish that they didn't do that. But that's only if I was looking at it for my own purchase. And since I'm not really concerned with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a, it's a quality looking device for people who want it. But I wish that they did a little bit more with it. It's kind of my hot take.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so. the, the thing I struggled with the most is that lack of docking. Uh, because it, for me, my, my takeaway was it changes the switch from a thing where you switch from like TV to handheld to just a brand name where now anything's on the table. Like you mentioned a switch pro earlier. What are they going to do with that? Is that going to be docked only? You know, you cannot take this out and make it portable, but you can access certain games kind of like, I think, what was it? The 3ds XL sort of offered where, um, uh, or the new 3ds XL. Sorry. The new 3ds. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, where certain games were accessible there. I, I just wonder if, if that becomes a thing, um, But overall, yeah, the, the lack of docking, I I saw your video, you mentioned like the connector and it's like, how much do they save by forcing this change? It's, it's strange. Did they end up spending more to get rid of that? (laughs) You know, that's what I wonder because it's strange because they, yeah, like you said, they cut costs, like they even shrunk down the screen a little bit. Um, I wonder if it's because if you could
1: dock it, would it just devalue the current switch in a sense? It's a good point because that is, that's the $300 purchase that they probably would still like people to, to buy. You know, mm-hmm. we have a 200 and a $300 console. We'd sure love it if you bought that $300 one. So if they make something that competes in that exact arena with that, I think you make a good point, actually. Maybe, and I didn't consider that, that could be the number one reason why. It might have nothing to do with like the components or the design of the console to save money. It could have literally been to differentiate itself so much that they wouldn't, like, cannibalize themselves, kind of, right? Is that... I think that's I actually...
0: Know. I think we hit the nail on the head.
1: Think it, we just we solved it for you, Nintendo. There you go. <laughs> we figured it out.
0: Kerrick, what about you? you? You know, I remember when the, the Switch first launched, you didn't give a shit, and as you got that charger from... Big Blue, sorry, had to yeah. insert the brand name, and, and started finding games like Dragon's Dogma, you know, you started to fall in love with that Skyrim. Switch. Skyrim mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on the Switch Lite? It fucking sucks. Oh, my. (laughs) It sucks. Um, The number of things
2: that system doesn't do isn't worth the $100. And it is not compatible with some games. They made that very clear. Mm -hmm. Lower right analog stick already has an issue with uh, Joy-Con drifting and it's quite widely known that the reason that the right analog stick has an issue with uh, with Joy-Con drifting is because of the way it's set up and it's actually technically worse now it's also Mm. low enough that they purposely obfuscated it from the commercial where they didn't show anybody ever not even a single time hold it correctly the reason why Mm. is because the human hand I have medium sized hands by the way like legit actually considered medium I cannot use the analog stick because the throw to touch the bottom of the analog stick is actually would require me to break my hand to break my thumb to actually do it so you're gonna have to hold it sideways instead of up and down um it does not do the major thing that they use in their commercials which is switch joy-con controllers don't snap in so you're going to change the audio you know the audio if you want to say it's the switch can't do that because it fucking doesn't even do that um yeah. the labo doesn't work yeah. um a number oh, of wow. their most popular games are going to require some huge switches the battery is 20 longer which we figured out indicates anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour and a half tops
1: i think they um, actually they said on their website they gave it like a half an hour range on their website
2: yeah like yeah, a half an
1: that. hour improvement i should say which is like nice but also pretty negligible you got to think about it's pretty
2: negligible hour. because yeah. i think most of us also don't play till it dies the the human brain True. doesn't usually work that way we usually yeah, yeah. go oh shit i'm at 10 percent. let's throw this on yeah. the charger um yeah. none of the current peripherals work you know, if the dock wouldn't work, obviously, um, because of its size difference as well. There's, there's those kind of things. the The battery plug that I have probably won't work. Um, all of the third-party stuff won't work uh, when it comes to clicking on. If it's if the form factor is required to be the same, it. I I think, in all honesty, I am dead set against breaking compatibility. I always have been. I was dead set against removing the Connect, not because I love the Connect, but because there was a compatibility issue where some people would have it and some wouldn't. I don't want it to be... I don't want them to break compatibility of any game ever. I hate it.
1: It does I mean, like, uh, almost like segregate the market. Is that kind of what does. you're getting at? Yeah. yeah. It does and do that. It
2: does. I, I do not want me to buy a game and somebody else to buy a game who lives with me and have us have different types of switches and the game works on mine, doesn't work on theirs. Hmm. Additionally, it's some of the games that I was quite surprised, Labo being one of them. I was sort of blown away that they were like, hey, here's a big deal. And then they're like, actually, technically... Not really.
0: At wouldn't least anybody uh, wouldn't Breath of the Wild be one of them? Because to solve some of the one of the shrines, you have to use motion control to move it around. It still has
2: some kind of gyro. motion control. Yeah. It's got a gyro. It just doesn't have yeah. the unclickable move around oh, throw okay.
0: things. Okay. okay.
2: Yeah, so be,
1: there, there's and, that IR sensor on that right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, man. Go no, ahead. Go ahead. Well, well I was, so saying? the the IR sensor on that right Joy-Con that doesn't exist. I don't think that was the only sensation of movement that you got out of that when you were talking about the waving separate. But yeah. I think that will inhibit some of that, if I'm not mistaken. So that's, mm-hmm. that's part of that big change that they had to do to their hardware to make the Switch light even exist. So and then, ends, like I, you mentioned, I, that I, bullet point, all those things that they had to list in that video that it doesn't do, it's pretty sad.
2: Yeah, right. and then I think the last thing is, so I did look this up because I am a nerd in this way. So, and you, I'm glad you guys talked about it. But a, a typical HDMI Switch chip, usually uh what what i mean is a splitter so you split from your screen to somewhere else at at whatever resolution is about 99 cents ordered wholesale it's probably more like 50 cents if they ordered an okay one um and put it in switch so i don't think it was a money it could have been a form factor thing of why they didn't put that splitter in there Mm -hmm. um they could have used a usb out there's there's a couple things that they could have done um So I agree with you guys. There's obviously a reason to remove all this compatibility. I just don't know what it is, and I don't like it. I just don't want it because this is something where if families get together to play these games, and suddenly you're playing, and it's like, oh, you can't. That is weird to me. And Mm -hmm. I would say that I could be wrong. I feel that Nintendo's never done that before. I feel that most of the time, they're like, you can. But there's something going on here. They're like, you legit can't. Like it's there, not that you can do it less,
1: there, there definitely can't. have been some instances where they've done similar stuff, and they I think people forget sometimes how often Nintendo has made incremental changes to their hardware, like yeah, nowadays we're like we're immersed in this whole Sony and Microsoft doing this pro and Xbox one X thing, which I think for a lot of people feels like a first, and in in a lot of ways it is because they made such significant changes to like the capabilities of the machine, yeah. but I mean, Microsoft uh, iterated with the 360 a couple times. PS3 did it. And uh, Nintendo did it with the Wii. They did it with the NES. They did it with all the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance and DS models Mm -hmm. uh, in, in super similar fashion to what they're doing going from the Switch to the Switch Lite. So... I don't know it's it's such a tricky thing and and like all those negatives you bring up are like are really good points um I definitely like I said, there's things about it I don't like, but I am quite a bit more positive still than you are. I do still see what I think Nintendo is trying to do, and i I think that there is for sure a market for people who will think saving a hundred bucks to get a device that's just a replacement for my three d s or my Vita or whatever will be seen as worth it. Mm -hmm. I, however, have had this weird epiphany of a potential long-term problem I see for this thing down the road that I hope doesn't turn out to be true, but I kind of think will turn out to be true. I'm curious what you guys think. I think that um, some people might get tricked or trapped by this thing. I have a big fear that this would be more adults, not so much kids. Like, people who buy it for little kids, I don't think this will be an issue. It'll be perfect for them. But I wonder if, like, adults, people like your guys' age and me, you know, mids, late 20s and 30s, If uh, people think, oh, I've been waiting to buy a Switch. Like, I didn't really want it, but I kind of did. Oh, here's this $200 portable only. That sounds great. I'll finally buy this Switch. But are those people going to buy a Switch and start to play an incredible and beautiful game like Breath of the Wild or Doom or Dark Souls and think, this is so great, but this tiny screen sucks. I wish I could just put this on my TV like every other Switch allows me to do. Mm -hmm. And are they going to realize I just blew $200 of my of my money that could have gone to just a three hundred dollar regular switch. And,
2: and additionally, it kills the pro uh, controller a good amount because a lot of people I know aren't going to play I the pro it's... controller on a little tiny screen. Oh, yeah, usually they got sink. those. Yeah, for the, yeah, Yeah, they usually got those for the big. They usually got them because oh, I'm also I'm docking it. Additionally, I think yeah. we're pretty U.S. centric here, but I luckily I've got some friends from Europe where they were reminding me that it only saves them fifty dollars. So everywhere but America, ah. it's only saving people fifty bucks. So to mm. me, my personal belief is they should have dropped the price of the switch by fifty bucks and said, "Here you go, do yeah. some other colors on the uh, original switch. Don't break compatibility. Save everybody fifty bucks. Fifty for us, twenty-five whatever for somebody else." The problem with money and you know where you live, uh, and where yeah. Nintendo prices their stuff. But everybody there was like, "Dude, I just looked. It saves us legit. The retail price only saves us fifty bucks." 50 bucks. And you're like. At fifty dollars, then you have to start going. I'll just save yeah. another fifty bucks. Uh, what would
1: you guys? Yeah. What would your guys' opinion be if they released the Switch Lite the way it is, but it was even cheaper than one ninety nine? What if it was one fifty? Would you guys have a different opinion? See, I think?
0: thought the the two hundred dollars price tag was appealing. As we dive in more, it seems less and less worth it. But um, yeah. I just I the I, to answer your question, I just cycle it back to, and this isn't. Uh, an excuse, I guess, is how it could be viewed, but I, I very much feel this is geared towards uh, kids. You know, it's dropping right at the start of when holiday shopping usually begins. I can see Grandma, Grandpa, Mom, Dad going in the store and getting little Johnny or or little Carrick <laughs> a uh, a nice switch light. Uh, that's where I, I I think they're they're doing it solely because of that, because yeah. the thing is gonna it's already been flying off the shelves, and I think. Uh, it's going to continue to do so, but ultimately, I think the the issues you you brought up earlier. If they cut the price, yeah, it would be that much more appealing. The one thing I do worry about though is, and here you might be able to answer this, Rob. Can can you like dock it to charge it?
1: You can't. No, okay. you can't. You can cause, at least that hmm. that they've released. You can only plug it in. It's it strange
0: seems. with these handhelds because. I have actually. This is perfect. I have two sitting right next to me. I have my DS and its charger, or my uh, DSXL my charger. and I have the Game Boy Advance SP, and like both of these are compact enough, um, and they have like the closing to hide the screen, where I don't really get nervous having them on top of a surface or uh, sitting out in the open, and they don't take up a lot of room. But with the Switch Lite, you just have that screen constantly exposed, which will get covered in dust. Yeah. You have no way to mm-hmm. cover it. Um, mm-hmm. unless you have, I have a case, a Zelda case, which is leather, and you can zip up your Switch when you take it on the go. Maybe you yeah. always put it in there, but then that's more room, and that was built for the original Switch, so it's going to rattle around in there. I think that's a uh, an intangible that people aren't going to realize until they get it and go, oh, fuck. you know. I think yeah. that's that's something that people may bump into. So, yeah, as as time goes on, I, I think uh, it's going to become that situation where you do your research on the product. Maybe you test it at, like, a uh, Best Buy, a GameStop, if you're going to shop there. And I feel like a lot of people, as they dig in more, if they're listening to this conversation, they'll probably go, I'll just save the extra 100 bucks and buy a real Switch. I think it's going to yeah, push a lot of people in that direction, too. Another thing that
2: bothers me is when you look at the price point and you say, okay, so maybe it's geared more towards kids. Um, that comes into, the I think, the discussion we've had before that always consistently bothers me is that people forget that, that folks age. And mm-hmm. what Nintendo's doing is purposely doing this. That way they know that they'll sell an adult who maybe was four, 16 when they got the Switch Lite? They're 18 now. They got their own apartment. They got a TV, and they're like, "Fuck, mm-hmm. I can't dock this thing." So they, yeah. so Nintendo's like, "Ha ha! Guess what? We've got a Switch." normal yeah. for that yeah. which is exactly what which exactly what microsoft said when they said oh you want to play old games we've got a 360 for we got that a
1: 360 yeah i
2: hate that shit and and okay. even at 50 dollars less it still breaks compatibility with labo and those things and i just yeah. don't like it doesn't matter how cheap it was mm-hmm. it breaks compatibility of something that the company themselves said was important if they had not sold these things as being vital to why the switch was different I might change my opinion, but Nintendo was the one who told you time and again, it's, it's compatible with moving around. It's, it's portable, which we all know is full of, full of shit. Unless you have carpenter pants, that thing's about as portable as an Xbox. I could strap them both to my back, but they don't fit in a normal It's
1: mobile, but it's not portable. Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: um, so to me, I get worried about the age thing because I, I, I think Nintendo, I think you're right, though. It is aimed at kids because they know a kid will play it for a while and then maybe level up. But the compatibility currently everywhere else is leveling up to a system that is compatible with everything into this weird oddity where you have a system that is not compatible with everything. And that, mm-hmm. so even at 50 bucks, I would still say that still bothers me. I don't like the lack of compatibility. Again, because they pushed it. They were the ones who said this was a big deal and that that bothers me
1: yeah it's it's true i will say that as as much as a lot of these like negatives that were like very harshly breaking down as much as they they do exist i i still do personally feel like in a lot of ways i think it is mostly harmless because i think that they're willing Mm -hmm. to say hey we want this thing to be geared towards the kids market where these aren't problems all these things that that the three of us are talking about and a lot of other people are talking about won't be problems for those kids, and I feel like that's totally fine. Yeah, that's uh, and and I also think that this could be I, – I said this on Twitter too when I reacted to it the other day. I think that this will also be an ideal purchase for people who maybe want to keep their current Switch but want or need a second one for whatever the reason might be. Uh, people who can keep the Switch for all of the regular – you know, back and forth, docked and portable and docked and portable gaming they want to do, but then because you can share some gaming profiles and some save data between the two mm. that maybe they want that second switch for when they are going to go fly to somewhere to travel as opposed to just go to work and take it with them there and this smaller one makes more sense for that. The concern I have, which is kind of what I was getting at a few minutes ago is, is I'm so worried about people who waited to get a switch and get this and then they feel trapped without the TV play or people who trade in their current switch, thinking this is going to be the greatest thing and save them money, but then they almost immediately start to miss the fact that they could dock Breath of the Wild or Mario Odyssey.
3: Well, yeah. I think that a
1: lot of people. I've even thought about making like a, a video, like just kind of talking about it as a warning, like, "Hey, if you're going to do this, really think about it because you seriously might miss TV play more than you think you will." Yeah. You know? Also, it's interesting is...
0: because I, I just sorry this thoughts no. on the tip of my tongue and it just hit me because this news strikes at the right time because i've been like really invested in, in portable gaming lately i've been uh, we'll talk about games of what we're playing later in a segment but i've been playing persona q2 on my ds and that lasts about i think i think it got me about five six hours of life before it needed to be plugged in and i remember just clear as hell that these game boy advanced sps lasted like eight to ten hours like they they just oh, yeah. didn't freaking die and oh, yeah. One of the, that's one of the benefits of portable gaming is that you can sit down for almost essentially a marathon session. But if you're going to play, you know, some hallmark titles like Breath of the Wild, um, and your Switch only lasts three hours, one of the benefits of being able to marathon is like, okay, I'll play for three hours, I'm laying in bed, I'm on the couch in the other room. I'm maybe you're, you're traveling and by the time you get home, then you could dock it and continue playing while it charges. Um, you can have that marathon Session while you're playing handheld, it almost forces you to stop. And actually, one of our patrons, Grimblade, had mentioned how he kind of likes that about the Switch. It gives him a chance to go like, all right, maybe I should go do something else. And I feel the same way. You know, sometimes I don't mm. want to get wrapped up in that marathon. I kind of a- appreciate that with the Switch that it dies so fast. You're like, yeah. all right, I played for three hours. Like that's pretty good. I'll go do something I else for I, a little bit. I guess bit.
1: I should go outside. For yeah, a get
0: some yeah. sunlight or something like that. um But obviously, there are days, and there are many people out there who don't want that to stop. So I think. The Switch, uh, it's meant to be, like you guys said earlier, uh, mobile. It's not like a portable device, and I think that's another thing that people will realize. They'll go, oh, it's the perfect replacement for the DS, and it's like, what's great about the DS and why it sold so much is not only its great games... But it it did not die, despite the you know how powerful and big these games were for its handheld. So I yeah. think that's another stumbling block people are going to discover. Well, I feel a lot of stuff's going to rear its head as people spend time with it. Another yeah. thing um, that that I I just I mean I get where you guys are coming from,
2: but and maybe it's my age, but I don't know any kid who has two hundred bucks. <laughs> so it's not aimed yeah. at a kid. It's aimed at a parent buying for a child. Right. That sure. changes yes. it, and yes. I yeah. think what happens is it's easy for us to say, this is aimed for a kid, and then, not that you guys did this, but to be like, because you didn't, but whitewash all those problems we've mentioned away and be like, aha, mm-hmm. it's aimed for a kid. And guess what? Yeah. It's not. Unless your kid's pimping drugs on the side, they don't have 200. <laughs> what they do is they have a parent who says, what do I need extra for this? And then you yeah. start going well. There's this, and there's that, and there's this, and this doesn't work, and there, that doesn't. And then what happens is the parent has to look at a Christmas present, for example, and say, "I'm going to spend 200 on this." Where I believe they could have said, "Drop the price of the switch. I'm going to spend 250 because it's a Christmas sale, or they've dropped the price in retail to 250, mm. which we know would be I at wonder. 199 Ooh. in a lot of yeah. places." Well, this be um, a remember thing the that Xbox keeps was 150
0: at places. Hmm. Absolutely. You mean the price? Yeah, yeah sorry. I know you were going on about something else. I was thinking out loud. No. That would that was it,
2: that's literally where I was headed. Was that we saw the Xbox drop to 150 when the X came out. We saw all uh, during a Christmas time it was on sale multiple places at 150. That's insane deal, especially like if you had a Game Pass or something. So oh God, yeah. <laughs> You you just have these parents who I get what people are saying that is aimed for a kid, but at some point you have to say maybe 50 to 70 is aimed for a kid. Maybe mm. But when you get into the $200 range, then the question is, are you aiming it for dumb parents? And I don't mean to be rude.
1: I think it's... um. But I, the I question
2: think... comes up to where, are you sure. questioning their intelligence and sort of hoping you'll slip this in mm-hmm. and then hope they'll upgrade a year or two later? And like yeah. you said, get stuck. Rob said, get stuck with some or get trapped. Oh, that, yeah. I think, might be... I mean, this is insidious, but it feels like they're playing
1: it's I, I think it's a combination of a couple of those things because I I do still feel like I guess when, when I say that it's something for kids or when Maddie or anyone else says that, I do kind of think they mean exactly what you're saying. It's, at $200, it's not meant for kids with allowance money to go buy. It's for sure meant for parents to buy because their kid's been begging for a new console. Mm-hmm. They've been begging for a new Switch. They don't have a Switch. They really want one. Parents, like, 300 bucks is too much. Here comes this $200 one that might also be more sturdy and durable for a child. Yeah, Maybe. Sure. We're assuming that, but it, it probably will be. Better
2: thumbstick, but, by the way, or better uh, digital pad.
1: sure yeah oh the d-pad yeah yeah yeah. which is great yeah yeah and and that makes sense because part of the reason the d-pad on the joy cons is the way it is is because they could be pulled off i have it right and flipped and and yeah and and those d-pads become your a b x y and i think people kind of forget that sometimes now that function isn't there with a switch where it's all attached so they gave us a regular d-pad which is really great um but i also think that it's This is kind of what makes the Switch as a product unique is it is so crazy versatile, even the light, which I'm, again, not really a huge fan of myself, is because it's also marketed at adults and Nintendo fans and game fans who want this for collectability or because they think and hopefully accurately think that they want something that is going to be only portable. And so and it's it's kind of why I go back to what I was saying a couple minutes ago, even though I don't think this is really the greatest direction for them to go and it's not appealing. I think that if they maintain the right market in targeting it to the right people and they don't try to trick people too much, like, because some of what you say about them tricking, I think is true. um, I think that it's harmless because I think that the educated will probably still be like, man, I just don't want this dumb Switch light; It's not for me, but I'm totally into that regular Switch. Um, Will they drop the price soon? You make a great comparison with the Xbox and the One X. Part of me wants to think that maybe their plan is to, by the holidays, drop the regular Switch 50 bucks this year, around the time the Switch Lite actually launches. I mean, we still have half the year to go. So that could yeah. be the plan. There is a there is mm-hmm. a difference, though, which is when when Microsoft did what they did with the One X and the Xbox One, they needed to make up ground and momentum that Nintendo kind of doesn't. And the less a company is struggling, the less likely they are to be compelled to drop the price like the switch still sells so well that they don't necessarily need to drop the price yeah. if it slows down that's where they might want to see the reason to drop it by 50 bucks but i mean that still could be this year it could be with the switch Lite coming so i don't know it's it's you a guys really... also
2: worry about performance because now you'll have companies aiming for just handheld performance versus dock. that's we covered we spent a lot of time discussing like what that could mean for a developer later who's like uh we've got this kind of because we have developers fighting it right now yeah just trying to get to a docked performance versus handheld it's like what do you do do you aim for what are they what are they going to aim for let's say it does really 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 well yeah is a developer going to aim for that versus docked and that and not worry so much like it's, I, it's a ugh, it's a good question i
1: actually i watched a video uh, where somebody kind of just brought that up like this is going to be a long-term problem because of the development of the games and um anything is possible and it could happen but my personal belief is i just don't think we'll run into that issue hmm. um you do have to you obviously any more optimizing. than we currently have
3: it you got it
1: exactly yeah. they're already optimizing it in kind of these different fashions anyway but so much of the experience is also the same and i don't develop games so i can't say for sure But I just feel like with how many switches are out there, like 40 million switches right now, even if this thing does pretty darn well, I would be shocked if it changes the focus of developers making. But in a world where this thing just like destroys expectations and in a year has doubled the sales of the regular switch... Maybe we see developers not even give a crap about making stuff that's going to work on your TV. They're like, we don't care what the TV performance looks like for those scrub fat Switch players. We just care about the light players and their portable experience. But I think that's personally my guess is that's such a small chance that hopefully we we won't run into that. I just I think I... we
2: will see less games that take advantage of Switch specific uh, attributes like mm-hmm. the waggle and st- taking it off because that does mm-hmm. require QA. Well, your QA what, team what will are, have to QA that. They will have to test it. They will have to
3: program for it. I feel which just which what people are,
0: are drawn to with the Switch is, is is the portability, a hybrid, and the library. Um, and by the library, it's not just those ex- exclusives. It's it's ports. And so yeah. I think yeah. developers are more concerned just getting the game running and not saying like, oh, you can have Connor from Assassin's Creed 3. And if you take off that right uh, Joy-Con, you can swing it around and, and you can counter if you want. Yeah, it's like, no. Yeah. You know, they're not going to do that. They're just like, get it running. It'll sell just fine because it's Assassin's Creed 3 on the Switch, for example. I don't know why I always go to Assassin's yeah. Creed 3, but... Neither do I, bro.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a game, so yeah.
0: It's a game. But, but I completely. do it all the time. I don't know why. I must, like, really? subconsciously just love this game <laughs> because I I do Honest. like it, but I must love it underneath it all. <laughs>
1: I have weird go tos that I go to for examples. Also, I bring up like Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead all the time, and I don't know why. They're just, yeah. the, just the go to games for examples.
0: <laughs> it, it, it kills me, man. That Spider Man, Fallout Four, like they're just mm-hmm. off the tongue every time. Good game, good games. Yeah, absolutely. But um,
1: yeah, I was uh, it's it's funny that we even talk about this because, and I don't know if we're running too long on the topic. Or no, not, no, but, no, you're good. Cool. Uh, so the video I actually posted yesterday kind of touches on this. I, I was I was kind of evaluating what's happening with the Switch Lite and, and how it changes like the Joy-Con usage and stuff. And, and I made a video kind of asking the question, does the Switch Lite existence mean that the Joy-Cons and their features were like a bust? Like, did these things really just not pan out the way they were kind of promised when Nintendo first revealed the Switch and the Joy-Cons and HD Rumble and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. And uh, it it makes me sad because I I like the Joy-Cons. They are damn tiny and really frustrating, but in a lot of ways, I do like them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love the idea of HD Rumble, and I think it's cool that it's got an IR sensor, but I do kind of feel like Nintendo really hasn't taken advantage of them. Most third-party developers haven't taken advantage, even though the games are all good. We're not seeing the Joy-Cons in HD Rumble actually impact gameplay. Um, which we've seen with some Nintendo innovations in the past oh, as well. I,
0: it reminds me of uh, a port Phantom Doctrine, which I, I was playing and I really enjoyed it. It was it was a solid game. Um, you know, it's just it's there for the Switch gameplay. Team, yeah, that? yeah, it's Switch, and it's a uh, it's it's like XCOM Cold War era stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you long story short, go to dispose of a body. You know, you you because it's about stealth. It's not like XCOM where you're shooting everybody. You're you're taking people out quietly and getting data. And uh, when you knock someone out and you go to dispose of their body, just the HD rumble goes insane. Like, it's the most aggressive, yeah. like, and I'm like, I would love to just rip these out of the Switch right now. So <laughs>
1: it's, I've been playing uh, Bloodstained, regrettably, on the Nintendo Switch. Two, oh, man. And uh, when w- when you're low on health, uh, the, the HD rumble kicks in and, like, does this pulsating sort of thing. Oh, and it's no. like it's it's there's a tiny part that's like respects how dope the technology oh. is because of how like organic and crazy the vibrations and the pulsating is but mm-hmm. it is annoying as fuck because it is so just like in your hands like bam bam and mm-hmm. you're just like it hurts it almost hurts <laughs> I I I'll I'll waste potions Shock in therapy that thing just it is it really is so that's that's just a crazy example it's kind of the same thing you know (laughs) so i don't know the switch Lite. it's just i don't know if you guys see anything similar like do you do you feel like it's showing that nintendo's maybe giving up on some of those core features because they're making a new device that way or could we see more games actually prove that wrong and start to use some of those switch features next year it
0: shows how much they value it if they're going to just move on and make a brand new system without it Uh, i understand concessions have to be made to make it cheaper so that's also that aspect but i also think the decision to make a cheaper console and remove those specific functionalities mean they're like okay uh is this mandatory to the switch experience or is it about portability and you know, and they were the probably screen.
2: heat mapping all that right like they were probably I mean, i'm sure i'm sure they were heat mapping everything you did and we're like okay people probably aren't using those so, or they're not getting the feedback we want, so it's mm-hmm. not as important as other things. I mean, that makes good business.
1: Sense. Yeah, th- I mean, you could. You're probably right. The only argument you could think is, did developers make enough games that gave people features that they should try to use those with? no, like, oh, that's what improperly. I'm saying. I'm saying the, the yeah,
2: two oh, okay, the two yeah. combined. I mean, whether it's Nintendo, whether it's them, I'm just saying yeah, I agree right. that they probably dropped it because, as Maddie said, they were just like. It's, those it's are droppable. Vital. Yeah. They were dropped because expendable. they were droppable. <laughs> they were expendable. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it makes me sad because, like, you know, I'm someone who, when I played Mario Odyssey, I preferred to play with the Joy Cons and fling and Cappy. Like, that's the kind of yeah, right. shit that I. Oh yeah. I, I like that kind of stuff. You know, and you yeah. can't Dude, do that. You know how
0: it is. Um, oh, sorry. Um, no, no. I was just gonna say there are games like I think of Arms, Mario Tennis Aces. Like, those are yes. great Joy Con games. You know, you could play yeah. them docked and in handheld, but those were the best when you took off the joy cons and like I, I still remember last summer my friends and i like we got like six people around the the tv and we're like swinging and, and, and hitting the the tennis ball back and forth and and fighting each other in arms like it's a blast so yeah that's that's stuff people will miss out on and those are games that might suffer because of that so I yeah, mean, that's, i still tell people you know all it did was make me value my current switch more i was like yep this yeah. is this is just the right that's yeah, a good point
1: that's yeah, cool. and it, it is like worth note like noting. We would we would be doing a disservice to the conversation if we didn't bring up that you can sync regular Joy Cons to the light still. Yeah.
3: Right? Mm-hmm. So
1: feasibly you can play a Mario You 10 would just experience. need to buy them. Like you, yeah, you would need to buy them or, or have, have them, them and also you'd be playing on a tiny okay. screen and there's no kick kickstand on it. I was thing.
0: gonna say, I don't think there was, so <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that's a that really? was a weird concession. That little spring yeah. cost them an extra buck.
1: <laughs> yeah. Very unreal. very weird choice unreal all right uh, any final thoughts on the switch light i'll I'll just I'll maintain I still think it's a it's a harmless device even though I'm not interested in it mm-hmm. and I think that well they made some mistakes with the design that I think could have made it a still better product at the same price. I think it looks solid and I think it's gonna sell well and people who know what they're getting I think will probably overall be satisfied with it. that's my. Okay
0: mine's just I, I care more about the upgraded switch that's been rumored the pro we'll call it um yeah. that's that's the one i'm more interested in seeing how they do that um i saw spawnwave made a video about how it had like a new nvidia chip in it apparently for whenever they upgrade yeah. it i don't know what kind it was but uh that that type of stuff is i'm more interested in all right with all of that said we move on over to modern warfare's semi-reveal So, a quick quick little story. Um, Pretty much what happened, ladies and gentlemen, is we had the announced multiplayer reveal that Call of Duty does every single year. Where in the beginning of August, they have a bunch of streamers, YouTubers come out, they play the game at this event. And you see everything go live and and we all create our opinions on the newest Call of Duty. But what they did this time was they did like a semi-reveal where we saw four streamers get together at, I believe it was the Infinity Ward office, and they played a new mode to Modern Warfare 2019, we'll call it, uh, which was named Gunfight. It's 2v2. There was health bars on the top. Um, There is not healing in this game, like in Black Ops 4, and the only way you do heal is if you use a stim shot, which is in one of the classes that's preset for you, and and the game mode sort of picks for you what class you're going to get. So uh, think of... I don't want to say gun game because in that one, in the original Black Ops at least, you'd kill someone and then it'd switch you to the next weapon. But think of it as the game decides what guns are placed in you and your opponent's hands and then you guys face off from there. So uh, it seemed interesting, but I made a whole 13-minute video on it, so I won't kickstart this discussion. Whichever one of you two would like to go first and go give ahead, us Rob, some, some starting
1: thoughts. First. Oh yeah, thanks. Um, so I, uh, So I'm a huge Call of Duty fan. Um, but yeah. I will freely admit I am a simpleton. I am a pleb, as I think people would say. <laughs> uh, I really, I really don't dive into a lot of the extra modes on Call of Duty. I like the campaigns, which half the time aren't very good, to be fair. And uh, I just like straight up team deathmatch. So for that, me, is, that
0: is very simple.
1: <laughs> it's very simple. Sp- I know team that. Team deathmatch. That yeah. is. I, I've I've dabbled in like all the you know the the capture modes and like the defend mm-hmm. the territories and like and the, the mosh pit stuff like. It's cool that every new Call of Duty comes out with like 14, all the extra modes. But every time I think, I'm going to try a different mode this time, I'm like, nah, I just want to do Team Deathmatch.
0: Yeah, you just want to shoot stuff.
1: I just want to shoot shit, and I just like being on a team of eight or whatever and doing that. And I'm pretty good at it, but I really don't venture outside that. And I know know what I'm spending my 60 bucks on every year, and Mm -hmm. I'm cool with it. That doesn't Mm -hmm. bother me. So when I watched uh, this gameplay stuff, I wasn't paying too much attention to the mode itself. Although... The mode is cool. I like the lack of health and uh, regenerating health and all that stuff. The 40 – how long did you say? 40 seconds, 50 seconds? How long are the rounds in that? Less think, than a minute, right? I think you got around a minute,
0: yeah. A minute a tops. Minute. It's, a,
1: it's a cool thing. I definitely think that that's cool. Um, the main thing that I took away from it was just kind of analyzing – how much, how much of a change they've done to the look and the feel, uh, the weight of it all, the visuals. Have they finally given us this new engine to Call of Duty that I feel like they've been promising and no one's really ever seen forever? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of like, I think I walked away pretty impressed because it seems like there is a different like flow or pace to the combat. It seems like there's a lot of extra animation um, yeah. which I think a lot of people might see as a negative. And it might feel bad. So I don't know because I haven't played it. But watching it and thinking that it's Call of Duty, I kind of appreciate the extra sways that they do when they go left and right. And I think there's leaning, and I can't remember if there's ever been leaning in a Call of Duty. I don't think there Not been.
0: that, Yeah, not that I've ever seen yeah. or played.
1: So, so seeing that kind of stuff, because I really only care about Team Deathmatch, so I just wanted to see, like, how did this game play? Does it look like a worthy new addition, like, to to call it a reboot of the franchise and a reboot of Modern Warfare. And uh, the more I watched, I'll admit, the less I felt like they changed it because it did start to look more and more just like Black Ops 4, which I like and all that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know. I just appreciate that they're trying to maybe finally do something, you know? I mean... Mm-hmm. Are we are we ever going to see a significant change to Call of Duty, and should they ever make a significant change because it's one of those, if it's not broken, do you need to fix it because it clearly sells well? People will complain it looks and plays and feels the same every year, but also 14 million people go out and buy it every year. But we That's still, true. who've been playing it for a long time, we want to see a big change to it. So you um, think as
0: creators they'd want to instill something different into their their day-to-day yeah. lives you know
1: <laughs> you'd think you'd think yeah but then you get into that you know like they never change Madden they never change FIFA you know mm-hmm. there's so many unfortunate franchises where it seems like they just get stuck in that so um you know we've we've only seen this little bit we've only seen this one new mode I think the mode is cool even though I don't see myself playing it I just like seeing a potential different weight to 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 running around to to aiming down sights, it seems like what they did kind of nerfed the ability to no scope. Did anyone? Did you guys get that impression? Yeah, it because the weight bit. is Sniper so different. Really slow, yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of where I feel kind of so far.
0: Yeah, like there was uh, what stuck out to me was the animations um, for sure. Like you mentioned, the swaying left and right. I noted in my video like when you'd start sprinting, there was the running animation which is a little slower but it, uh, and then you could click again it seemed like and you'd pick up your gun, put it on your shoulder and sort of yeah. start hustling yeah. and um, you know obviously that puts you in a position where you get from point A to point B quicker in a game that uh, usually demands a lot of mobility um, but that if you get in front of someone and their gun's at the ready you're probably like, you're, you're definitely going to die and so what it does is it makes people start running instead of sprinting and now the game gets slowed down. And we see things like animation changes where um, you saw some of the streamers trying to like do slides and jump shots. And yeah. um, they were still possible, but they didn't look as silky smooth like you were on a slip and slide uh, as they did in, for example, Black Ops 4. Um, and so I, I started to note that it seemed like maybe they were trying to do a little Siege Call of Duty hybrid. You know, the mobility to, a, in a sense of COD, but that time to kill... And that, like, every bullet counts uh, s- sensation with Siege, where, you know, it's almost as if you see someone, it's like, okay, I need to hit these first two shots and he's dead. Like, that's yeah. all it takes. Yeah. Um, and I really, I mean, I've I played a ton of Siege, you know, almost 200 hours of Siege. So I, I love that game. And seeing Call of Duty take inspiration from that, I think would be really good for the franchise. And I think mm-hmm. uh, whatever you want to term it as, casual or not. Um, I think even hardcore fans would appreciate that because it's, you know, there's a reason Siege is so popular. And I think that there's definitely a blending of Call of Duty and Siege fans, even though they're two different style of shooters, they're still shooters. And I think people could appreciate, you know, maybe not that there's not going to be like levels of destruction like we saw in in Siege. But I think people could get behind the gunplay and the mobility uh, combination of, of Siege meeting Call of Duty. I think that'd be great.
1: Karen. Yeah, do you guys do you guys feel like they're... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Carrick, go ahead. No, that
0: no, was my fault. I I, um, I, I cut I, you off. Yeah. Go ahead, Rob, before I begin.
1: Oh, um, do you guys feel like they're maybe just starting to feel the pinch from other shooters like Rainbow Six? And it's tough to say Battlefield because Battlefield's been struggling the last two years, but it still does do things so differently. Do you think that's where they're getting some of the motivation to kind of implement some big changes? I think
0: the rising of you know, a game, like, even though it's under the Activision umbrella, you know, you still think, like, something like Overwatch uh, getting yeah. really popular, um, Titanfall, Apex Legends, Titanfall less so, but Apex Legends. Yeah. I'm sure they, they see around them, okay, we're not, even if Apex Legends, people love to make videos about how that game's falling off or whatever, it's still a great game, and it still did insanely well. Where I'm, yeah. I'm sure... They're seeing, they're they're feeling their mortality a little bit, and in the sense where they're not, you know, Call of Duty's not going to die uh, like everyone says says it's going to every year. Yeah. Um, but I think they're starting to realize, you know, hey, we're not the only big shooter out there, and and you know, it, all it takes is one good night for a shooter to 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 grow into something incredibly special, and everyone to be playing it, and if it's marketed just right, it's free. Even uh, they can make more money in a Call of Duty game could. Uh, so. I feel like, yeah, they're realizing, you know, changing what is their formulaic, in a formulaic manner rather, uh, wouldn't hurt them either. And it, it certainly, you know, even when they've made the, I put this in quotes, like a bad COD or one that wasn't received as well from fans, um, which maybe you could say Advanced Warfare or Infinite Warfare prior infinite to lunch. Warfare for sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like at least, you know, they still managed to sound really well um and so i i just look at that type of stuff and i go if i'm them i feel that liberation at that point like oh wow we fucked up and yeah. and like 10 million people still bought it let's try this different thing and you know i guess how many chances do you get is what crosses their mind but I, I just feel ultimately they they could take a lot more liberties with their franchise and they they probably feel the pressure too now because there's so many shooters rising up in different ways and just a generic uh fast-paced shooter Uh, without any abilities or powers um, outside of black ops four with its specialists. And I I think three had it, but um, you know, there wasn't that differentiating thing. It was usually just gunplay. So I think they, they feel the need to at least change up how that gunplay feels.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, Carrick. Uh, Yeah, I
2: no, I would actually agree with you that I, they probably, because they did do well, even on titles that didn't necessarily set the world on fire. Mm-hmm. They probably a lot of people say, "Oh no, you have to be challenged like by bad sales before you make a a change, but a mm-hmm. lot of developers, if they're doing good, then look and go, "Oh okay, we can adjust this. People are open to change. I also don't think they necessarily think they need to too much because dude it's they a lot of them like it. I mean a lot of the people who work there are people who legitimately want to they could have gone you know some leave but some stay there they want to make those games mm-hmm. i think the changes they made aren't necessarily as huge as like world changing it looks like they made some good changes for a different style of of cod game and that's it, it's it didn't really surprise me i will say it interested me much more than i thought i was going to when i saw the when i saw those people playing i was like i actually want to play that which i've enjoyed the prior prior ones but i don't think prior i was like i want to play that but what I saw, that looked fun. Genuinely fun. Like something different. I don't care if it's called cod. I don't care if it's called yeah. buttermilk. Like who gives a fuck <laughs> what it's called? It it looked enjoyable to me. And that caused mm-hmm. me to like check that box and go, shit, man. I'm going to keep an eye on that. Like that. It, and could a normal Call of Duty a little faster and everything have not done that? No. If they had showed something cool there, I could have been like, that looks cool. But this was just interesting. It looked different. Yeah um i love the idea of resetting the uh the weapons all the you know the one time they load it up and they're like okay it's fucking knives or whatever i'm like damn like that i like that and it's not that it hasn't been done before it's just that the package that they presented put all those interesting things in one Mm -hmm. and made me go like this could be a blast especially they were showing the two-on-two that's the kind of shit that like i could get somebody on the you know we wouldn't be great but it's like, throw two people in instead of... Because we get that... This is one of the reasons why I like Hunt call, uh, Showdown so much. Because Hunt Showdown is basically teams of two against the PvE and PvP. don't PvE. need
0: that full squad of like
3: five You don't people.
2: need the full squad. Right. And I also... You've heard me say this before, even though this is two versus two. I'm a big fan of smaller teams or oddly numbered teams. I love that. I love it so that when I say let's go right, I'm either by myself or an odd numbered team going left. So that it, you can't do the two... Ver- it's If it's two and two, you're just like, you go right, we'll go left. Two and two against two and mm-hmm. two, usually. This is yeah. offset. And that's the way this could be. If I go to the right, it doesn't mean two weren't going to the right. And if they are, then I might be offset. And I might have to face off against two, where the guy on the left, going by himself, will face no one. And I love that idea. There's something really ingenious about the idea of going left and going, fuck, there's nobody here. And then yeah. you're talking to your friend going, dude, there's nobody. Because to me, it's always like enemy, enemy, enemy. But I think there's something magical about playing with somebody else and going, there's fucking no one over here. They have to be over where you are. And then yeah. the panic that sets in with the person who's going, fuck, I didn't realize I'd be against two people. And and then your your moment to shine or uh, possibly not shine, which yeah. I, I think a lot of people will show. I love it. I, I, I it, think those are all really interesting um changes they're not necessarily massive ones but they they cause me to be interested
1: i'll Hmm. say i feel like uh i like what you talk about the whole like i've gone over here and there's no one so clearly that means the rest of the map looks this way yeah i feel like i feel like the older games back in like the modern warfare kind of two era which was just a great time for call of duty
3: Mm -hmm. i feel like
1: those maps and like the the pace of gameplay and those maps were designed in such a way that even in the I can't remember if it was five on five or six, I have no idea what the team sizes were back then, but I feel like I, I ran into situations like that a lot more. Six v six, okay. Yeah, where you did um, run
2: into it more back then. Yeah.
1: yeah, there was something about the the just the old school you know old school two thousand seven. Um, it's just <laughs> the way just the way that that uh, felt at that time, and even though I've I've stuck with Call of Duty and liked most of the games throughout the years. I do think there's something about, and I, I couldn't even put my finger on it, but there's something about how it's changed and evolved, how they've designed maps and given new mm-hmm. powers and taken powers away, and the way it feels, even though it's still very fun, it doesn't achieve that. They they, they yeah. had such a secret sauce with the first Modern Warfares and first Black Ops that that's just gone kind of gone away, I feel yeah. like, over the last few I, releases. I think...
0: Uh... When I when I think on it it seems like what those games all offered was I can't really say this about the second modern warfare cuz that was while well, it was fun uh that's one thing but it was really poorly balanced for public matches I mentioned this in my video with the one man mm. army noob tube danger close epidemic mm. was just uh yeah that was something special no. man there'll, ever, there'll never be anything like that again cuz you know that was back when you you know even though patches were a thing they you know they couldn't just patch that out uh, right. like, like I'm sure people would want nowadays and raise so much hell about it. You see 40,000 articles on it. But yeah. uh, what COD 4 hit and uh, what MW2 at least competitively hit was this balance. Uh, it was fun to play in a in a competitive environment because everything felt as it should be. Um, it was just that special feel to it that only some of the finest shooters have. Uh, whether it's weapon sway when you're aiming recoil when you're shooting how the gun looks like how much of the screen's getting covered when you're sprinting with it damage penetration when you're shooting through an object uh stuff like that that you just kind of register in the back of your head you don't actually think about i feel those are the things that uh those types of great shooters bring to the forefront alongside good map design um, where it didn't matter what number of players you had, because you got to think of MW2 as a game that offered probably the most options uh, out of any public match. You know, you had your standard suite of modes, and you had like third person, hardcore, bare bones. Um, mm-hmm. It was just like so many different ways to play. But what was crazy is that the maps consistently worked no matter where you were. Obviously, you know, someone so would good. call in the helicopter or the AC-130, and you'd get spawn trapped that would happen no matter what Call of Duty you're in but for the most part when it came to the player encounters um, it always just felt right no matter which one you were on so that's the thing is I feel uh, they've sacrificed looking for that finely tuned shooter because people were screaming about how uh, redundant and repetitive it is that they started you'd see reaching um, and we'd see these, like, specialists being added, and then specialist streaks, and specialist abilities, and yeah. kill streaks, yeah. and it's like, oh my god, now there's so much going on, and then, and this is just my opinion, you'd have a game like MW3, which was, just felt incredibly uninspired, you know, there was, yeah. or, or uh, Infinite Warfare, which, you know, tried something new with this campaign, but multiplayer-wise was just a haphazard mess. Uh, I hated how the, there were, like, disjointed parts of the maps that just like you know because they encourage the wall running and stuff and it's, it's
1: literally the only Call of Duty in the past 10 years I haven't played is Infinite yeah, Warfare. Only one I was like I'm taking this Oh match, man, you got to play
2: the campaign at least.
1: I'm curious I'm I am the, curious.
2: Battlestar Galactica with Call of Duty is fucking nice. amazing. Thing. It was a, admittedly it was a cool the idea. uh eh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well it, it's so an weird cuz Maddie is like literally the only person in his entire discord who dislikes it. Every time I go what? in her, everybody's Yeah, your discord just a couple days ago we're game. talking I'm shutting about shutting it down. Yeah. there's, there's a shit ton of people like it, especially, um, the, the campaign, but the, the multiplayer was, you know, was hit or miss. I think one of the things that's interesting about like how these guys do it also is the overlap between the campaign. Do you take skills from the campaign into the multiplayer? Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to me to see the, the, how we graduate from a single player campaign where a lot of people go to sort of crunch the numbers and go like, alright, this gun's recoil is what I want. Because as an Arma fan, this is my favorite, probably, shooter of all time, Armor, Unreal 1999. Like, I want, I, I really like the realistic stuff, as long as it doesn't get in the way of you know, whatever the game is trying game to do. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of people go into the campaign to figure that shit out, and they're like, okay, I like this gun, I don't want, some people just jump into multiplayer, that's fine too, it depends on mm-hmm. your skill. But, um, I'm gonna be interested to see how they graduate that. Because I've, uh, I've been a big fan of, like, of of sort of going into those and and experimenting, it'll be interesting to see if you can experiment, how much you can experiment, how much some of those guns. Because I also like things unbalanced. I love it unbalanced. Actually, mm, I'm crazy. a big fan. <laughs> that's, of... nah, that's that's pretty weird. I, I yeah yeah. Well, it's You're funny because Maxim Maximilian dude just did a huge video about saying that he also like absolutely hates Mac or, um, balanced fighters and easier stuff and easier things and everything. I'm feeling... to, i I do not feel... like. It.
1: I'm trying to get, like, what, what you get out of that. Like, I'm not... I, you get, I just, I you know get chaos. You get,
2: you get thought processes. For You're example, Maddie and I have talked about multiplayer injustice. Though we agree on this, that the projectile spamming in Injustice uh, 2 was crazy. <sighs> when we agree on it. However, here's my thought process. Fuck you figured out. And so, <laughs> so I, don't, well, yeah. I don't believe that it should be unfair, but unbalanced, I absolutely adore going down an alley and getting mowed down and thinking, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what did I just walk into? And then going, oh shit, that guy's... Because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We can all go quick twitch, and I love quick yeah. twitch. I don't think this is going that way, or that way. So what I'm hoping for is those moments where you do have to go, okay, that guy's got this gun. Or, we've all got this gun due to the way the timer thing goes. So it's like, what changes? Like, does something become, like, not unattainable, but I want it to where people have to think outside the box. One of the reasons why, for instance, I really, at starting, I hate it now, but I loved uh, Overwatch at the starting because it wasn't perfect balance there was things that were all over the place and i liked that it's very
0: imbalanced now from what i've
2: it's but way more than it was it's balanced 10 times more than it was and Mm -hmm. i liked going okay i can't kill this guy one-on-one at all, so I'm gonna have to bounce off the wall and do this crazy shit, or, I like that kind of stuff,
3: See, I love it,
0: it's interesting, cause like for me, fighters, I like when they're balanced, I agree on that, on that entry level bullshit where you have auto combos, and it's like, but if you're skilled, you can do the, fuck your auto combos, that's what I always say, get that shit out of gaming, that, mm-hmm. I think that's awful um, but you know, when it comes to shooters I feel like that needs like a level of balance, the good thing about, the amazing thing rather about Overwatch, that's, you know, I haven't played much modern Overwatch, I played it I'd say a decent amount of months ago for a little bit, and I had fun. I still had a lot of fun, because it still had that strength of, you know, okay, I haven't played Overwatch in a while, so it was about finding that character that clicked with you and your current play style and your current skill level, and that's where the fine-tuning's there that you just can't identify at face value. Um, Yeah, sure, you could pick up some character in the game, I don't know who's currently busted now, and say that is absolutely the... We'll say Reinhardt, hypothetically. Reinhardt's the most busted character in the game. He doesn't die. He knocks everyone down. He one-hits everybody. Anyone can use him, but... You know, I haven't played uh, Overwatch in a while, so, you know, for as unbalanced as that is, I could hop in, and maybe I'm best with, like, Baptiste or something like that. I don't know. I, that's what I love about those games. I don't agree, personally, that that a shooter being unbalanced is is good, because I feel... Um, what what makes it better is when it's balanced and it requires team comp. And if if a team yeah. makes a, a bunch of picks for all damage, um, that they could roll you. But if you work, and, you know, that's the challenge that encourages the thought process of okay, this is not a good team comp. What do we do to counter this right now? I feel like that that's what makes well that's the, the, the difference between unbalanced
2: shooters. and broken. You're you're using the word broken, which I'm definitely not. I'm certainly mm. not saying a game should be broken. That would be sort of stupid
1: i i think I i'm think saying that a game being be made. A,
2: a game being unbalanced is not stupid because guess what real life is unbalanced fuck off <laughs> fix your shit
1: it's true your but shit,
2: man up, I, I think man go out argument- there and figure out a way to work around it and the team call con- i mean i get all that but the thing is is i think the reason why we're able to talk about this is because we don't know how they're setting up the player so if there are moments where you have no team i am not I don't want things to be mowed down of their irregularities. Mm. I, I mean, that's why, for example, humans' face is perfectly symmetrical, looks fucked up. Uncanny, yeah. uh, one of the reasons why Uncanny Valley exists is because developers <laughs> forget to make both of the sides of the face slightly off, and humans okay. don't like that. Like we yeah. react very poorly to it uh, when it comes visually. What I want is the moments when I want the, like the un, I like it when there's, when it always can't be crunched down to numbers i fucking despise that i despise it when it's like that. all about math i want a little bit of flexibility i'm not saying broken but i'm saying a little bit of flexibility where there's
0: some yeah like in so there. you're talking like a let's we'll use the term like a diverse meta you can pick anybody pretty much and 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 that person would be viable given your your tool your skill set is that what you're going for yeah but yeah that's yeah. what i'm all about because when you yeah. said lack of balance in shooters, I was like, well, hold on.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. Well, is that's I think, because people
0: considerably kind of...
2: always elevate ba- lack of balance into being broken instantly, uh-huh. which okay. I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that is. And I, I, think, I think that, that when we say balance, it's also a lot of times a lie.
1: I think there's an argument to be made that being unbalanced for a lot of people and in a lot of situations in games can be broken. There can be times where they're True. completely separate things, and I think you're right. But there are a lot of times with some games and genres where unbalanced, I think, does veer into broken territory. And I think that a shooter is probably one of those genres. And so I kind of admire what you're trying to get at by being so into the idea. If you can't break it down to the exact science and numbers of how the game was designed, it's a little unbalanced. And so that means we have to work against that. Mm-hmm. To me, I think being interested in that is similar to people who are interested into, like, breaking games for the sake of finding glitches and finding out how to walk through this map in Kakariko Village in Ocarina of Time (laughs) to break a thing. Because you're like, oh, I'm working against the game's code to find a flaw and exploit that for this reason. No, 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 no.
2: We're talking about completely separate things then.
1: Well, no, 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 no. no, no. they are separate things, but I think that the appeal in these things, to me, are are, No, no, because I
2: fucking hate that beyond all belief. So my appeal, at least, does not overlap with those two. For Sure, Sure, sure. Because sure, I, 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 that is not for me. What I'm talking about is, if if you are, if we are si- sitting here saying like, every, I just do not like equality in games at all. I want something to be tougher because it is tougher in a particular sure. circumstance. And what I, goes I on with the, game developers the, is the, you'll the, hear the, them say, well, hang on one second. You'll hear yeah. them state very clearly, <clears throat> we're trying to make it so that everybody is exactly equal. Guess what? They're fucking not. There are going to be levels where guys are more powerful on a particular level because of the makeup. That's right, okay. Right. That's okay. And it the weakness be. of yeah, gamers yeah. now I mean, is to consistently say, well, uh, I want everything to be perfect. Fuck you. It's not perfect, man. Go well, out there and you,
1: figure your shit out.
3: Or, get, I, or I elevate that, your skill. <laughs> a I, th- little bit. I, I,
1: I would argue that elevating skill when everything is balanced and everyone has a fair playing field is actually the more impressive and admirable skill. Because what you're looking for when you like things to be unbalanced for the sake of saying, you should be better because I have an advantage that you don't, it's an artificial challenge. It's not a challenge created by the game designers or their intent. And so while there's nothing inherently wrong with you enjoying that, I think that's totally fine because there are plenty of unbalanced games for you to take advantage of that. And I just see it, like I said, as an artificial challenge. So the more balanced a fighting game or shooter game can be, I think the better the design is the better the product and when two people on a level playing field are good and they're going at it that's more impressive to me than the guy who's winning because he has some sort of i don't know unbalanced thing that allows him to be better like Star Fox was too overbalanced in uh melee and so that was a huge thing in the smash community and i would agree with that that was a problem and that was something that needed to be fixed because suddenly the experience wasn't even for everybody
2: See, so. that to me is completely useless. If you have two people who are exactly the same all the fucking time, that is that is redundant. That is well, like I think the, asinine. The, but if the you same have hang on, in, But if hang on one second, if you have that. a situation where you said, you know, it's more it's more cool to see two people at exactly the the whatever and, and one do better, cool. But guess what? It's even cooler to see somebody who has a disadvantage and win. And the thing that's going on designed, is every single game is starting business. to neuter us. I
1: totally agree. When, when the game developers say we want to design advantages and disadvantages because that's the purpose of the experience, totally get it. But an unbalanced game, any developer is going to tell you that's not what they meant to do. This is an accident.
2: No, you're, you're talking about it, a broken you, game.
1: No, I well, no, then why do they used... fixed unbalanced exactly, games? they fix unbalanced games? Exactly, because they're not let's the say, What's the
0: difference between broken and unbalanced to both of you, then? Broken me, is exactly like... what he's saying. I'm talking about unbalanced,
2: as in the designers do not perfectly balance everything. So you're saying, they... when you say
0: unbalanced, you mean, okay, we'll say, I'm going to take Dragon Ball Fighters. this is just hypothetical for those of you who grind the game, but let's say yeah. Trunks is better than Goku Black. And... The developers know that when creating the character. That doesn't make it broken. They're just saying, this character is better than this one. In a particular it. situation. In yeah. a situation. Okay, because then... Yeah. Because the reason I want to know... Especially for shooters. Is because the way I look at it is... Um, I play a lot... I'll stay on Dragon Ball, I guess. I play a lot of the Dragon Ball Supercard game. And what the game's kind of started to turn into... And I don't know if I like it as much. Uh, I still love the game. But I'm saying I don't know if I like this change as much. Is, is when you start to have so many options that are good in certain situations. What you have is a game that becomes, do you have the right answer at the right time in the right moment like that? And that becomes a little frustrating because it doesn't boil down to, I don't want to say it doesn't boil down to skill, but then it just boils down to, you know, is your timing okay? Like, do you have exactly what you need in that very moment? Um, And then it feels almost luck-based, um, because what's happening in that game is pretty much there are things called counterplay cards. So when you play something, someone can tap their energy and drop a card on their side of the field that can maybe just flat-out wipe out what you played, and there's no way to get around that. And you know, you, there's no way to stop that counterplay now. That card got banned. So what happens is, you know, are you just lucky that the turn you're making a big play, someone didn't have a counterplay? And, and when I incorporate that into shooters, it, it's just about that. Um does it become a game of or a fighter? do you have that answer at the right time? is what it kind of becomes um, well then
1: that be that sounds like that's based on just your skill at that game mm. right like are you good at this fighter so that you can counteract what the other person is doing okay. and that shut up dog on,
2: sorry that's based on
1: yeah that's okay <laughs> that's based on the individual I mean I could you know hey um, but yeah, it's. I think that's a situation where it's based on your skill in this game at this fighter and the other person's skill at this game at this fighter. Okay. And like uh, a, a great example that kind of feeds into this, like using Dragon Ball fighters like you mentioned, to me, balancing is saying, okay, this person is Super Saiyan Vegeta and this person is Yamcha. <laughs> in, the, in, in the canon of Dragon Ball, those are two unbalanced motherfuckers. There is no balance between the two yeah. of them. When they designed that video game, they each deal the same damage with their punch. They each deal the same ba- damage with their key Blast because they are balanced so that people don't want to not play as Yamcha simply because in a real Dragon Ball setting, he would get devastated by everybody or Krillin or whoever other character you want to
3: use. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. They,
1: yeah, I mean, so so they that. they balance a fighter game, if we're using that genre here, in such a way so that the playing field is level so that if, you're, if you as Yamcha are better at Dragon Ball Fighter Z than that guy is playing as Vegeta, you've got a chance. That guy's not going to beat you just because he picked the unbalanced, better character. Again, mm-hmm. in video game form, in story form, you can't take like, the actual lore and apply it to that because that wouldn't be that way in the show. But that's the kind of balance where it's like, I'm going to appreciate the guy who's just the better fighter. As opposed to the guy who Vegeta's designed to be seven times more powerful than Yamcha, so every time that guy playing Vegeta beats this guy playing Yamcha, he's not impressive. He's not Mm. impressive. Like that's It's not balanced to be so. And I would argue that if the game was designed that way and the developers went out of their way to fix that, they would say, man, we didn't mean to make Yamcha so piss poor. We wanted him to be an even fighter so that you don't feel like you're at a disadvantage by kicking him. Or... The other way would be the, d- the, the game designer said, we do want that. We want to go so pixel perfect and canon perfect that that is the interesting nuance to Dragon Ball Z is you have to work against them. Then it's not a matter of balance or imbalance. That's a matter of the game's design. Mm. But clearly they went for balance because as Yamcha or Krillin, you can beat Goku or Cell or whoever those characters are. So that's where I look at the difference between balanced, unbalanced, and broken. Gotcha. If that if that kind of makes sense, the Dragon oh, yeah. Ball thing was like a really good example, yeah, it really was. We're making great yeah. use of that. Yeah, because of like the story canon elements mm-hmm. to it. So mm-hmm. and so and again, I'll I'll say what I said before. I don't think being interested or entertained by working with the imbalance of games is a bad thing. That's like that's great. That was the reason of the comparison of people who like to break games code to do that stuff. It's interesting to work against what the game is trying to have you do. So that's cool. But I'm just saying, for me. I don't like that, and I think when a game is balanced, it's a better made game, and the experience is more fun for for most players. When, like, a I think the problem set, is is
2: that, again, I'm talking about nuance, and you guys are, are, are talking more extremes. Instantly broken, instantly balanced. I'm not talking about that. Once sure. again, I'm talking about, let's say, your exact example where you get two characters and you level them down so that one guy's got, let's say, the same punch as somebody else. There is nothing wrong in a game with having a character who can take advantage of a particular stage or a particular location in a shooter. In particular, is sort of what I'm I talking about that. too, because yeah. a shooter's yeah. 3D, which most 2D fighters there's a, an entire plane missing. Um, yeah. I want that. I want that bit of chaos, and I'm not talking broken chaos. I'm talking a little bit though. And when we have developers on the podcast, like they, they yearn for that. Like, in fact, I think yeah, that's one of the problems. That, is
0: uh, that surprise factor, like, yeah, uh, and I, I don't know how to word it. Like, you could use Fortnite even as an example. Someone has more yeah. brick and a rocket launcher, and they can take advantage of that situation. Is that sort yeah. of what you're looking at?
3: Uh, so I
2: think the nuance gets lost because of the wording. If we, yeah. we want to come up with a word between broken and balanced, you could, too. Bl- bl- bloken which yeah. is like half broken half balanced broken. but yeah I, yeah cuz i'm i'm yeah i'm sure i'm certainly not saying i want anything broken that would fucking suck but what i yeah. mean is that yeah that that moment of chaos especially on a 3d thing with 3d plane and all this crazy stuff for example you'll get a lot of developers who are like we've balanced our map perfectly on both sides and i'm like fuck mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be balanced perfectly on both sides you could do a verticality element on one side and a horizontal yeah. on the other And when, like, when we had the guys from Ashen on, they were talking about just this. They were talking about, like, how do you balance, you don't want to balance too much because you'll neuter any feel to the game. Hmm. And that, I think, is what does happen, especially when a game's around for a long time. You'll get that weird shit that starts to pop up where you start to go into the game and you're like, where's the, the moment of, I don't know, the tingle? And the tingle is gone because they've neutered, they've <laughs> taken a lawnmower to everything. Right. And they've 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 made everything exact. And I personally yeah. would like a little bit more. So when I say unbalanced, take that down a notch to un. Uh-huh. I would just like it a little un. Just a, little a tiny bit. Unbalanced. Not uh, not a, balanced. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that there's something there. Um that also but admittedly i play arma which is considerably i guess you would say especially against good ai is almost unbalanced because it's so nut crunchingly difficult and i love that i i do want to die 500 times and try to figure out how do i climb up this hill that only works in arma wouldn't work in cod but the thing about this cod that interests me is that they are going a little bit more towards let's say siege and i like that because i think that introduces a little bit more but again I admit, I'm not a big Call of Duty fan where it's all Twitch either. So this might be speaking to the wrong crowd, too. You know, some mm. crowd may just want it. But, 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 and I sort of like it where there's like, what do we do?
0: <clears throat> that moment. Also, thought, yeah.
2: Yeah, also, I like to talk to each other. And I think when everything's balanced, sometimes that goes away. I, I sort of want that moment of fear. I like that in a game where you're like,
3: I'm fucking against the world
2: over here. And everybody's like running to you. <laughs> um,. But I don't know. I mean, I guess the word's wrong. I don't know, like yeah, we can change what I use, but it's like I don't want a balance. That's for sure for everything. I just want I, I, a little chaos.
1: It's tricky I like because I, I, I think the way the way you break it down, like, and again, we might just have different definitions here, but it, that doesn't sound like a balance or an imbalance kind of thing. It, it really sounds like game design. Like, there's just a no, way it is. Where, like, it, it for des- sure is. I mean, when we talk to them, that's great. what they say. Yeah, and I think that that makes a lot of sense. Like. And you get a lot of like organic variables in what your yeah. game experience can be when you have that stuff, and so when you talk mm-hmm. about "I want a little chaos," that's what I hear is like I'm like, "Oh, that's like an organic variable that just happens because humans make these things and they design things in different ways, and sometimes mistakes happen and they patch things later or whatever, but ultimately it's it's an organic experience and so and, yeah, and the, I would like
2: the- developers to take less of that out. Or, sure. Yeah, Yeah. less of that out, because a lot of I them what, like yeah. to to mow it down, and that becomes so yeah. uncomfortable at times. But again, yeah. I also don't know. You guys may do this. I don't play, uh, let's say if I like a fighting game, I'll return to it occasionally, but I don't get a chance to do um, multiplayer for years on end. Like, you know, some mm-hmm. people are still playing Street Fighter 2. Um, oh so, yeah. like, Injustice. Good
0: game. So,
2: yeah. So, like, Injustice 1 or 2. Which one was it that you had the problem with the spam? 1 okay so one it'd be interesting to return to it if anybody is and find out if they've done anything to that um because i by the way i was teasing maddie when i said he needs to get better on that one we agree projectile spamming on that's ridiculous yeah yeah no 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 i wasn't um i just i do yeah i like that and i think like i think unfortunately it feels like everything's going the route of of mowing differences down and i'm not 100 sure i well maybe not every game but i would like some games to. Know.
0: i feel like i fill that void in 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 like tabletop stuff where you can just True. use every aspect as like a tool to your advantage um and get creative with it and do you do
1: board um... games rob I wish. Not not as often as I want. My girlfriend is actually playing a and d campaign with some of our friends. Oh, back D&D's at, awesome. Yeah, yeah, we're from Denver, so all of our friends are back in Denver, and she gets oh. to play with them once a week. And if I wasn't so busy, I would do that with them. But mm-hmm. uh, I do love them. I mean, I grew up playing HeroQuest and D&D and all the pen and paper stuff, man. I HeroQuest
2: is the shit.
1: Love it. Oh, man, we'd have that going for weeks on end. It was yep. just so great. So great. Yep.
2: Yeah, Hero Quest wow. is is one of the greatest, especially for like the g- branch between D&D and board games. It's a cool yeah. little mini or uh, uh like miniature thing. Uh, yeah, and so uh, I I did the same thing where you get somebody who maybe doesn't want to do D&D or at least doesn't know what it is and you're like, "Well, yeah. play this." And then we'll see from there.
1: Yeah, it's like like, it's a a softer barrier for entry because it's not as hardcore. It's like you could play Octopath Traveler, or you could play like the most hardcore, (laughs) like Final Fantasy, crazy shit, you know. And it's like it's just a nice little step into that world.
0: So, (laughs) right on. Okay. Well, let's move on to what we're playing right now. Uh, We're we're all gaming out there, Carrick. You mentioned some reviews, Rob. What are you playing? What's going on, everybody? Let's let's get that one started.
1: Yeah. Go ahead, Carrick. I went first last time.
0: Uh, Dragon, uh, what is it called? Dragon Quest Builders. Mm-hmm. Um. I bought that last night. Because I've been, you like, you, you weren't there. Uh, but when During the Twitch stream, I lost my shit when that game got, like, a full gameplay trailer, and I was, like, watching it, and I said, you know what? This looks like a game that's gonna scratch the right fucking itch I've had forever, it feels like. And so I'm, because I've been looking for that Switch game that let you farm and build stuff and create a town and go questing and fight stuff. And I just couldn't find it anywhere. You know, like I said, I emphasis on the switch. Like there was a harvest moon game, but it reviewed horribly. Um, rune factory, something that's in development, but it's not out. So I've been looking forward to this game forever. I can't wait to start, but you said you've put 60 hours in. Yeah, about 62. I was looking while we were
2: talking. So, Okay understand I want to pre- I want to preface everything here with a persona comment real quick everybody should realize I hated Morgana in Persona I hated that cat that fucking cat could burn to death I hated the stopping <laughs> the continual stopping of gameplay and Dragon Quest easily trumps that by 10,000% mm. and I was oh. telling I was telling my wife I have never wanted to cry at a game I don't get emotionally that the verklempt <laughs> when I'm playing a title. I actually was... I, I was so stressed out by wanting to just play the game and the game wouldn't allow me, that I was actually walking and leaving the, leaving the PS4 to run its text, while well, I would walk away and I would come back because I was so mad. The game this, stops it, you It
1: all, was stopping you from being able to play the game?
2: Yes. It like for story you, moments? And... Yeah, and it's all I text. So yeah. you just sit there and go like this. And then, as Reg in my podcast said, we don't know why it does this. I thought my PS4 was borked, so I installed it on another PS4. It will pause for huge amounts of time. So you'll be doing a quest, and it'll be like, quest completed, pause. I'm confused. It just then you'll start going like... End. Yeah, and so Reg is like, I sat there hammering my PS4 controller going, I froze, and then it'd be like, guck, guck, and it'd be all, you know, next part it pauses to tell you the quest is done only in the same exact moment of text to give you another quest. Mm. So you were sitting there just going like, are you, are you kidding me?
1: Is that and Dragon then, Quest Eleven? Is that what game that is?
2: This is Dragon Quest uh, Builders 2.
1: Oh, it's the Builders. Okay.
2: Yeah. All that doesn't stop me from liking the game. But I'm very disappointed mm-hmm. that more reviews didn't poke on this because mm. I think a lot of people are going to get into it and think, what is happening right now? Like, And I am not exaggerating. We had multiple people on our podcast who had played it. And once I mentioned it, every single person there was like, yeah, what is going on with this? So what it'll do is, it'll say you need to build a tree. You'll be like, okay, no problem. And then it'll say, go get leaves. It's at the far north side of the continent. So you run all the way to the north or you teleport uh, to various places. Then you grab it and you'll return it. They'll be like, okay, great, we're ready. Oh, no, we're not. You need to get acorns. Those are at the far south part. Or the mm. far east part. So then you go there and you return it. They'll be like, Great, we're ready. Oh, no, we're not. You need water. Go to the far west point and you'll <laughs> like, go, okay. And for one build in particular, it was twelve different pieces where that happened. And it 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 hurts itself. I don't even hate the game for it. It hurts itself because it so often interrupts what could have been a build build because I'm a Minecraft freak. Mm-hmm. Like I love Minecraft it and I love drop this drop
0: you in and let you build. I didn't expect that, but
1: it's yeah. like,
2: pretty extreme yeah, it's more,
1: way more than I was expecting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy enough that it'll go, it'll you'll sail to, or, or you'll get this weird screen where there's a story plot. I don't want to ruin it, but it'll be like, there's a story plot and it will freeze for 45 to 50 seconds. And you're like, Oh, it's loading. And then it'll go loading and it'll start the loading screen. And I'm like, what is happening behind the scenes with these? And they're unskippable. They're all unskippable. All text is unskippable. So, so you, for like you 40 can seconds, speed it.
0: you just stare at like a You're staring screen. at one
2: sentence. It'll be a black screen oh. and it'll be like I have come for you. You're like, to, to do what? To do what? Yeah, <laughs> and you're hitting this button going, what is happening right now? And then finally it'll it'll go past this. And this, the entire tutorial oh. area took me about 8 hours, 9 hours, is all this. The entire time. So nice. I was like, okay, it must be the tutorial area. Maybe this is a JRPG thing. Um, my, I, I have pretty good JRPGs experience with them. JRPGs
0: are notoriously slow in the beginning. Yeah. They're
2: notorious. Yeah. Um, so then I got past that, that point and I went to the, main, to the main hub. This is where you can build your own stuff and then also travel to other people's uh, islands as well as further the story. And it did it there. And I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, I'm going to ignore Not ignore it. I'll note it in the review for sure. Uh, but I won't. I'm not going to hate the game for that. Even though I've never been this stressed, because you know me, I don't have that patience. When it's like, if the text is done, I expect to hit X and have it be. I in, think next anyone text.
0: in their right mind would expect. That.
2: <laughs> so, so it didn't do that. And then it has the best build, dude. It's so gratifying to put shit in a chest and then put a blueprint down and they build it for you. There's mm-hmm. something so cool. But guess what? They don't do the roof. So you're like, they build the room so okay so i gotta do the roof so then you put the roof on everything and you put the tiles down you're like okay that's odd but i can ignore it but then there's no real the battle is just one button right or a power attack so you're like all right the problem is is it's got it's got a dichotomy there it's a complex system to get it moving but a very simple system when it gets moving so it's 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 really confusing on Mm. what they wanted you to do um and then the performance is woeful. The switch performance is ungodly bad like 15 oh, Fps I, I tracked it at, I tracked the PS4 at nine oh, FPS um, if you oh. go to somebody else's city or you build yours too big. so I would warn you guys if you get this if anybody's listening, don't go too high don't don't make your places because I was visiting other people's castles or whatever you call uh, islands, and it was nauseating to the point to where I would move and go yeah FPS is not it, it's like in the 12s. And I run a software to check what the FPS is and I count it by hand. So I was like, I'll leave. Um mm. I still like the
1: game, despite all that.
2: It's still it's the the fucking the, the it the sounds building. like the
1: design is good, right? Like
2: Yeah, the design is good. It's just if you were a Morgana hater like I was, I know Maddie didn't wasn't as bothered as I was by her yeah. in persona. Uh, but, when I
0: talk about my game, I think uh, oh, some some things have changed in my level of patience, so I'll get to it. Okay. Can go on. I, I'll i be interested to see what you guys think, if either one of you guys get there. Well, yeah, Maddie's I'll, got it. I'll um, have thoughts. Yeah, I'll have thoughts for and, sure. I was really looking and
2: forward to it. I, I I think you still should, because I'm warning you. This is what I always tell people. People will post on a review and be like, you bitched about this, but I, I thought it was okay, and I'm like, you know why? You were warned by me. Mm. And that's the way the human brain works. Mm. So what I'm telling people is, it's good. Just that happens. So get yourself a drink, get yourself a meal, and when you know that there's a long quest moment, take a bite, hit that button, let it read. You know, you'll probably be fine. I, I have because... to say
1: that that whole thing that you describe reminds me of my experience with Devil May Cry 5. I don't know if you guys played that. Yes, we did. Uh, so it's a, a really good game. I, I, more than the loading screens is just how freaking often... That game paused to do a quick fade-to-black fade into yeah. a cinematic. And it's like every time you killed three enemies, it did that. And mm-hmm. it drove... I don't know a damn thing about the story of that game. Because thank God you could skip them. Every time I would defeat a room of enemies, and I, I knew <laughs> what was going to happen. I'm going to get the fade, and I'm just... Uh, start, start, like start, 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 yeah. start,
2: We had the same the exact complaint.
1: Out. Yeah. yeah, it's like... And it's like, oh my... It, I don't want to say it almost ruined the game, but it definitely held it back. And so it, yeah, the what you describe about... Up. Oh my God. Yeah, that's like, exa-
2: so that's exactly why? what happens here. But the why? building is cool. Um, it doesn't yeah. work as well as Minecraft. If you're accustomed to Minecraft, when you make water, it, it usually flows where it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. This game had a lot of oddities where like, the water would get caught on other water, and so you'd get this weird
0: graphical anomaly where like two uh, types of water... So you got some so jankiness. Here's my question about this game. Um, with, with a lot of these types of games where, where the pacing does get in the way, Devil May cry is one of those examples where by about mission 10, it starts to get self-aware and, and stop the yeah. frequent cutscenes, I feel. Yeah. it still happens, but uh, it definitely doesn't rip you out uh, rip the controller out of your hands as often, which is one of those things you mentioned earlier about how like it's surprising reviewers didn't note that. I can't believe for all the action and, and, and mm-hmm. frantic uh, nature of this game that that wasn't mentioned, something that stops all that. But anyway. I think a
1: lot of people oh, don't sorry. really care. No, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say, I don't know if a lot of people care about that stuff the way we do. I don't Maybe think they that. do,
0: because for me, pacing, I've realized, has become so important to me. Like, yeah. I, I don't even like review games based off of it, but like my enjoyment of a game is about how things flow. Like, It's just like, can I keep going? Can I keep going? That's why like I love games that are multiplayer lately. I just like signing in and just getting to the game right away.
2: I have a I have a, a real quick question. I believe Maddie, did you notice in Dragon Ball Fighter Z the story elements where you'd they go like ah and you'd hit mm-hmm, enter mm-hmm. and they
0: so it's like that times a hundred.
3: Yeah, but like so, I, I
0: love Daniel Rampa and stuff and Persona. No, so I'm I, saying I Dragon. Like the... <clears throat> I'm yeah.
2: Okay, right. I'm just saying yeah. in this game it's about like that, but it's like times a hundred. So if you're okay with it. Then you'll be okay with we'll this. See. It's just it happens more switch, often, though,
0: so that's
1: the
2: issue. The, <laughs> the, the switch I think, performance is abysmal. That's, I there's no getting around that part.
1: Some games lend themselves to those moments a lot better, like an RPG. I mean, and I don't play yeah. any RPGs, but really, obviously, story-heavy games are going to lend themselves to that. Um, and that, but that's why, like a game like Devil May Cry is just such a good example here. Like that game is really just more about be a badass and just fuck shit up everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't mm-hmm. need too much context. I just don't need that. But I think most people do, and so that's um, why it doesn't bother them the same way.
2: Yeah, no, I would agree. I, and that's why I think just the warning is enough, because most people yeah. will get into it. I mean, admittedly, that opening tutorial is long as fuck. But Nine hours it, it, is a
1: long time. Yeah,
2: well, it took me nine, because I did explore, you know, admittedly, like and, and, so, and run around to try to get all the secrets, because there are secrets in that first okay. island. What well, my initial um, question
0: ahead. was going to be uh, was... You got 60 hours, is there a point where it just opens up and it is a little less hand-holding and stop-and-go, and it's more just build build, build
2: Yeah, quest, once you maybe. stop... What, yeah, once you... Okay, yes. It still continues, but at, at, a, at a lower pace. But those first yeah, exactly. hours are, are are painful. Okay. So, um, and once you get to your main base and then sort of un, un, understand what they're trying to do with it and it still pauses for every quest. Like, you can't really freeform. There's like a person standing there. Until you do whatever they want to do, you you can't move on. The only other thing I would say is there's a lot of glitches. For example, quest givers will be stuck in the ground a lot. um, Or the game will want to do a cutscene of something being destroyed, but you built your shit there, and the game gets almost confused. It'll be Mm -hmm. like, should I destroy his shit? Or should I pretend? So I had a tree, the ending part of the of the of the tutorial, I had a tree growing out of the side of my building and I was supposed to talk to the quest giver and he was in the building, so I had to destroy my building's wall to get to him because the game was like, we're going <clears> to <throat> put this guy for sure right here.
0: Which is Minecraftian um,
2: things. Which is yeah. Minecraftian, yeah. Uh, so overall though, dude, it's, it sounds, I mean, I don't know what I would rate it. I'm not going to uh, review it because I don't have the time. But I would say that there, if you played number one, maybe this happened in number one maybe Mm -hmm. that's why a lot of people didn't pick on it but i didn't play number one so number two it does this a lot forewarned um that and then the 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 fucking building is awesome dude you can like you can i mean i saw people admittedly the fps was dumping but i saw people with like fucking full cities people walking around you know like festooned with shit everywhere lanterns everywhere it looked really good that nice. was fun Nice. yeah so um and then the other uh let's see the other game i've been playing arma we played a bunch of arma um i don't know why i'm playing that i think i just took a break you Sometimes and i it's talked just it's games
0: like... your name
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. and then That's and true. then a yeah.
2: shit ton i think i put in my like 1000th hour into star trek online we all got nice. together and did a fleet and flew around and just blew people up and in Star Trek. But mm-hmm. most of it was Dragon Ball. Once I got Dragon Ball, I thought I was going to review it, by the way. And then I got... I, I was like... You mean dude, Dragon Quest? Uh, or Dragon Quest. I'm at, <laughs> I, I was, at 50 hours, I was level 12 or 13. I was wow. like, yeah, I'm not reviewing this. I was wow. like, I'm nowhere near where I need to be to wow. review this game. It was redonkulously big. And again, I took my time, ran around. Um, you get some cool items and stuff like that. But I don't want to mm-hmm. sound overly negative on it, because maybe... Maybe it's worth it in the long run. I just really feel, like Rob said, that it they when they stopped that flow, they could have really helped it by not having those weird
0: loadings and fixing some of those issues. Okay.
2: Other than that, um, not really. Arma.
1: Arma and Star Trek. All me. right. Rob, what about you? What have you been playing, man? Um. So as far as current stuff, I'm actually not playing too many things right now. Mm-hmm. The only current kind of game I'm playing is Bloodstained, and I've had a very not friendly experience with that game unfortunately partly because sorry i apologize Uh, oh it's okay it's bloodstained bloodstained yeah is that castlevania you got it yeah okay great yeah yeah, yeah. so um yeah i've been having you know i've part of the reason i've been having issues with that game is because the switch version is just such a nightmare and part of it is i think also the design of the game um the other game i've been spending most of my time on is monster hunter world which is a game oh. that I constantly go back to. And every awesome. time, dude, every time I let myself pick that game back up, it's got its hooks in me. And it's <laughs> been about a month and a half straight for like my seventh round. I finally got myself past Hunter Rank 100 like a couple of days ago. Jeez. And I have almost 300 <laughs> hours in that game. It's oh like, my gosh. on it's not my favorite game of all time, but it is probably about to surpass Skyrim as the most hours Woo. I've lost in, in any game. Woo. nice, That's unheard of. Yeah, it is unheard of. Unheard of. And I've played Skyrim on three different platforms. But most of us have. We have played it on mm-hmm. so many
3: platforms.
1: <laughs> and I fucking love Skyrim. I love it. But yeah, Monster man. Hunter World, man, are you guys familiar with it? I'm assuming. Oh, dude, right? yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. Okay, yeah, that game just never gets old. For some reason, they found such a balance. Um, I'm and I'm, I'm I go back about ten years or so with Monster Hunter 2, So I've been playing a lot of the the older games. That had a completely different approach. And Mm -hmm. going into Monster Hunter World, I was like excited and nervous. This is like a two-year-old game I'm talking about now. But um, I was definitely nervous and excited at the same time. And it just, I think they just made that game perfect. They just found, they struck a good balance. The only problem I have is on my base PS4, the loading time is complete shit. And that is the only negative about that game to me. Mm -hmm. Because you you load a lot in that game. You do a quest, you load back to the hub. You pick your next quest, you load back in. So that's the only thing that still drives me crazy. Right. Um, and wasn't that but, an issue,
2: God, Rob? I, also, when you did multiplayer, remember with multiplayer, like you couldn't watch their cutscene or something. Like yeah, it, yeah, it was something weird like that.
1: Yeah, and that's that's still a problem. I don't know if they'll ever fix that. Like if okay. if you're if you've already completed a quest and like fought this monster for the first mm-hmm. time, but you're now going on your bu- a quest with your buddy, which I do a lot, and they have yet to do it. You have to wait for them to start the quest, find the monster, see the cutscene, and then it lets you join the quest. Um, and, I mean, when you know what the game is, it kind of makes sense because if, if they didn't do that, you would be, like, running around the world fighting the monster while your friend is actually not doing that but watching a cutscene instead. They probably could have just done the Halo route where they make everyone watch the same cutscene, but they decided right. not to do that. Right, right. So it's, it's it's annoying, but it's just one of those kind of minor flaws and just a game I just goddamn love so much.
0: So, oh, man, you're doing all this, and Iceborne's not even out yet, right? I know, <laughs> dude. I'm so
1: pumped for free. That was the next thing, is Iceborne. Are, do you play it, Matty, Are you? Pretty I much have
0: about 90 out. Oh, I, 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 I'm within 70 to 90. I, I can't remember the exact number, but I'm in that range. Yeah. I played a lot of it at launch, um, and it was one of those games. I, I could have sworn I've said it to Carrick a number of times. It was a game that did not call me back, and I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. Um, like when I saw the Horizon stuff, the um, Devil May Cry Witcher. stuff, I think yeah. Witcher. Yeah, just I, I don't know why either. Especially like the Witcher. Like I love the Witcher, man. Like that. That mm-hmm. I thought if anything that would get me, it would be that. Um, I think it's more so knowing. Have you guys ever played a game, and you know you're in the thick of things? You know you're you're, you're like one of the higher players, so to speak. And then you stop playing for so long and you see everyone else playing. You see, like, how crazy their gear is and stuff. And you know the work yeah. that has to go in, especially in a Monster Hunter yeah. game, to get all that gear. And you're like, oh, man, like, I'm never going I'm to be that level of Monster Hunter player. Um, it's not even like you want to be the highest ranked. You just want to have better stuff. And uh, almost that artificial workload kind of breaks it down. Where I've, I've gone back... Uh sometime this year I went back for for uh, a couple of fights and it was it was still a blast. It's still an amazing game and I still recommend it to anyone. And, the gameplay
1: uh, is so good.
0: Yeah, and it's very rare you see gameplay that good in yeah. a universe so well realized where it's all multiplayer too, like you can do four player co op. Uh Carrick and I always try to highlight co op games on this on this show because yeah. they're so infrequent, especially being good. That's even more infrequent. Uh yeah. but yeah, I Iceborne even isn't really calling my name and I don't know if it's a time thing for me or just a yeah. lack of desire. Uh, I'm definitely not the biggest Monster Hunter fan too, though. I, I just know that. Like, the fact that this game I really liked and put that much time into is like a, th- a feat of its own. You 90 know, I,
1: hours is a lot of time. I mean, yeah. that's, that's something.
0: Yeah, it's just more so I know, like, one of my good friends I play PS4 with a lot has about your hour, count 300, you have 300. I feel a lot of people uh, let it get its hooks in them deeper. You know, I've played my yeah. share of uh, monster hunter style titles. Like I played freedom wars on the Vita soul sacrifice. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I played monster Hunter freedom when I was younger on the, on the PSP. PSP. I really liked that game. Um, I've enjoyed monster hunter style games token uh, I think it's just, I've had a lot of monster hunter, especially within the last couple of years where I didn't need more and more of worlds. I think a lot of people have been waiting for, you know, the pinnacle monster hunter game while I've, I've dabbled in, in stuff like it. God eater three is another example um i played that recently so i haven't had that hankering for uh a a monster hunter world really
1: i'll I'll say that uh the the capcom and this game deserve a lot of credit because you know it's one of the few games that has consistently doled out so many updates and new content Mm. all for free i mean iceborne will be the first like new paid for content that anyone's going to be getting and they're only one and it's yeah, they're only one. It's, pro- it's probably going I to. I don't know what the price is. It's probably forty bucks, maybe like twenty nine or thirty nine bucks. I don't know what it is, um, but they
0: said it's bigger than the base game, and I was like, okay. And they're yeah, charging less. It's
1: significant. Wow. It's yeah. significant. And when you look at how so many other games do this, you know, like Destiny games are good examples and stuff. And I actually like the Destiny games, but they obviously didn't treat the monetization of the DLC necessarily the right mm-hmm. way battlefront 2 only did it because they were busted and forced to do it but they were probably going to be charging for so much of that shit uh and so and i actually kind of like battlefront 2 by the way i'm Uh, saying
0: it's it's so good after all these
3: updates
1: it really is a good i tell people i'm like man that game's good they they fucked up at the beginning but by the time it went on sale to people for money it was Mm -hmm. didn't cost anything extra and it's been great ever since so i agree with but dude monster hunter they always i mean Final Fantasy stuff, the Witcher stuff, like you were saying, they've they've just done so much for that game, so... Mm-hmm. I do want to touch on Bloodstained just real quick for a minute, though. Go um, for it. Carr- Carrick, it sounds like you haven't played it, but, Maddie, have you played Bloodstained?
0: I've... I've... I want to. I want to, but I know, uh, Metroidvania stuff has never been my shtick. I like mm. Mega Man. I like okay. Mega Man the X series a ton, uh, but that, yeah. you know, I know that's nothing like that, but, uh for what i've seen you know the the pseudo rpg elements kind of speak to me but uh, i'm curious to hear it's your your that. thoughts on it
1: yeah it's uh... are you are you going to play a Carrick? are you like even interested in it at all i'm just it's uh,
2: strangely enough uh, or not strangely enough cuz we usually do agree uh mm-hmm. I agree. I'm the same way as Maddie uh, there. I do like some uh, Ori and the blind forest is one of my favorite. I always games forget that. Times. That's an
0: example. Of right. what I and love. it's Maddie's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I don't know what it is about this game. I have no qualms against it, but I think it's also, I'm just, I was never a big Castlevania fan hmm. and the, the Gothic look and everything. I'm just not a hundred percent into, so I probably won't play it to be, gotcha. I mean, to be fair. I just, okay. I probably won't.
1: That makes sense. It, it's, it's a weird, weird situation. I'm sure you guys know all the drama and controversy. Yeah. and It's one of those unfortunate things where, like, going into the release of the game, Switch version or otherwise, I want it to be like, it can't be as bad as people say. It can't be as bad as people say. And it pretty much is as bad as people say, and you're just, you just don't Ouch. want that to happen. Yeah, it's so unfortunate, man. But the, the weird thing is that the base <sighs> game, the design of the game, the gameplay approach, all the RPG mechanics and the insane variety of weapons and gear is so good but it is marred by just a really shitty performance and even though the switch is like on its own level of shitty performance there's there's plenty of documentation on even the Xbox One X and PS4 Pro all oh, yeah. having weird levels wow. of performance issues yeah. and glitches and bugs and cra- it's crashed on me twice I've on the switch i've heard game breaking you know? bugs Yeah, actually, and so that's the thing is, I think I ran into one of those because I was playing to a point that you guys won't have any context to, but Mm -hmm. I was playing to a point where I know I was stuck, and I know I was stuck because I think the game broke. And there's already one very Mm -hmm. well publicized uh, game-breaking glitch where you can't progress and people had to start over. I did not run into that one, um, but I, I just got to a point where I couldn't progress, and I was like, okay. These games require backtracking, but they're not puzzles. You're not supposed to have to really solve things to move forward. You just find the right rooms to get the right upgrades to move forward. It's not not really a thinker kind of game. And I scoured the available map for days. I probably wasted five hours thinking I'm missing something. And I eventually gave up. I was like, this is bullshit. And I wasn't going to restart it. I was just going to write the game off as a total loss and a piece of shit, even though it was fun. But I actually gave in, and I did restart it. And... I've heard Within people a couple saying of that,
0: so there's got to be something really good there, right? Like, I've, you're it the is. second person I've heard who said, like, I got fucked, and I hated the game, but then the next day I started again.
1: It's fun. Yeah, that's, that's probably, I, pro- I think I gave myself a day, but yeah, I definitely was like, I can't say no, I want to try it again. Mm. And I'm glad I did, because I've since gotten, to, i I found the room that actually let me fight a boss that I couldn't do the first time. I don't know what the hell was happening. Right. Um, and I've, so I've since gotten a little bit farther past where I, where I was, and, uh. You know, it's just a on the Switch. It's a weird, buggy, ugly kind of mess, but it's just really fun. So you mm. guys aren't big Castlevania fans, it sounds like, so I get the lack of appeal. But it's just a unique case where it's it's a shitty game, but it's also a really fun game. You know,
0: so, right? Sounds sounds like fun to play, poorly made, almost. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, it's crowdfunded, and they have they have promised plenty of patches, and so hopefully that continues to happen. Okay.
0: All right. Good. Good. Good.
1: Uh, on my end, I've been
0: playing, I've just been having that, like, uh, uh, I've heard a term used, like, a gamer ADD, like, I've just been all over the place, like, just, you know, anything that calls my name, because it's the summer, and this is my time to embrace that, you know, what I, how I normally game, just what's calling my name now, I'll beat that later, kind of thing, and, um, just because when, when the fall hits, that's where it's review time, and you gotta just focus on one game, another game, another game, and it's like, very structured. So I like to have just all the options. Um, so I finally beat, uh, devil may cry five. I was in my second playthrough. I'm about halfway through that. I don't know if I'll finish it. Cause I've kind of gotten a good taste of it now. Um, I gotta say the game is awesome, but I kind of vented my frustrations earlier for it. So I won't stay on that too long. I really couldn't stand the, the amount of stop and go, especially the second time through. Um, you're just like, why? Um, but I did appreciate some of the foreshadowing in that game. Uh, I think foreshadowing is a really underrated narrative tool that because uh, it makes it kind of fun to go back a second time and and see like all the little things they were hinting at, uh, even if the narrative wasn't like amazing. But I don't. It's kind of like what I said with Rage. Like if you're going into Rage or Devil May Cry Five and you're like, "Where's the great story?" It's like you're not here for the right reasons. And I will never ever play either of those series to do, to have a good narrative delivered to me. Um, I still. Uh, it's up in my top five right now. I, I think I rage Two is still, I know for a fact, my game of the year. I, I just, I think that wow. that was, yeah, that is, I just had a, a marvelous time with that. It was so much fun. Uh, I preferred the pacing to others. Some people want that nonstop action. We were talking about pacing a lot. Uh, but that game, I just love how it was really fast. And then like, you took a moment to like breathe, explore the rest of the area, explore yeah. the world, and then go in and like action picks up again. I just, it hit the right spot for me. Um, yeah. So that's why I think it really outranks a game Double May Cry that like it's combat depth, its music. I mean, I fight over these two all the time on which one could could fight for a game of the year spot, but I know for a fact DMC5 will sit in the top 5 right now. Nice. Um What I've also been playing though is I'm about 10 hours into Persona Q2. That's why I got my DS over here. And uh you know, was mentioned, I was I was doing a little foreshadowing earlier and uh I was saying to how I, I may not be a big as big of a fan of Morgana as I, I once thought I was. Um, so this is, for those who don't know, it's a spin-off Persona series. Uh, Persona is one of my favorite series of all time. So I thought getting into the spin-off dungeon-crawling chibi-style RPG, um, which is the Q series, would be good. And in the Q series, you have the F- Persona 5 cast, and they cross over with the 4 and 3 cast. and you So you get a lot of fan service. Um these, uh, these, these RPGs are kind of based off, like, Etrian Odyssey, I think it is, uh, like, that first-person cell-crawling kind of dungeon, where, you know, you're, like, you can only turn, like, four ways, and, um, they're really notoriously difficult, and, uh, well, I didn't mind the difficulty, uh, there were times it was like bang your head against the wall difficult. Uh, the whole first nine hours was really um, well done in the terms of gameplay difficulty. We'll stay on that for a sec before I get into its, its awful pacing, which is going to be basically me repeating myself. Um, but the gameplay difficulty was just right. You know, You had to focus up for every battle, but it wasn't like it was stomping you. And then you get to the boss, and it's like you're getting hit by a fucking freight train every time this guy lands a hit on you. And you're like, what the hell? So I lead the boss. I'm like, okay, let me go level up. I level up four times. I'm level 14 for this boss. And mind you, I took it on when I was level 10, which seemed right because given the mob enemies I was fighting in the dungeon, I was you know cleaning them up pretty easily at that time. So you imagine by level 14, you you gotta be good to go. And so I go back. I do the boss fight. He hits me again. 100 like you have 100 health or 115 health depending on like what your character stats are. 115 damage first hit, and you're like, that guy's almost fucking dead already. And, like, they give you one healing item, and that healing item heals 30 HP, and even if you use a support skill, that heals, like, another 10. So you're not plussing anywhere. You're just constantly getting beat down. So I'm like, alright, I'll cave in. Here we go. Go down to easy, and that's where it became manageable, but then you get to the mob enemies, and those are too easy now. Uh, It's just, like, a frustrating experience, and
1: you know they borrow gameplay elements from Persona Five. Uh, Rob, have you played Persona Five? No, I'm not a I'm not a huge JRPG guy. Okay. I know it's a great game, but I have I've not
3: dived in. Okay,
0: yet. I just wanted to make sure because yeah. uh, there's this there's this mechanic in Persona Five known as Baton Passing, where pretty much in Persona you, you target like the like Pokemon, you target the weakness of the enemy and it mm-hmm. does like bonus damage. Uh, except in Persona you can do, once you hit that bonus damage, you can do a thing called a baton pass where you, you pass your bonus to another person and then they can go and you can keep exploiting that weakness. And,
1: like a uh, chain, kind
0: yeah, of. Yeah, and it gives yeah. fights momentum. It empowers you as you play. Uh, it makes it a lot more fun. It, it speeds up battles. Um, and so I mentioned like support skills earlier and this game has a support bar. So as you take damage or deal damage, this thing fills up. And it fills up uh, at least at the 10 hour, 11 hour, or 12 hour mark, sorry. It fills up incredibly slow. Um, and what, mind you, I, I want to make sure for those who have played and beat it, that's what I'm talking about right now, and so, baton passes in Persona 5, were or originally just you press a trigger, you pick an, a, a teammate you pass the baton, and they get the bonus and it's their turn now in this one though, it cost 2 support skill out of the 5 points you have and with how slow it passes, it becomes this uh, this careful decision you have to make that and it's not in the fun way. It feels like you know the, the fun of a a Persona 5's combat that could have been put into this game as well, um, almost got neutered. Um, and then the narrative pacing is just awful. You know, and I know JRPGs are notoriously slow, and I love Persona, so you know I was more than patient. But your first hour is just dialogue. You finally get in, they pull you out, and when I say get in, you get into the dungeon. They pull you out within, like, 15 minutes, you get back in, they pull you out in, like, 30 minutes, and you get in, they pull you out, like, it is, like, bang, 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 bang. like, constantly in and out, no flow at all, until probably the seven hour mark, you're finally in, good to go, and, and roaming around the, the cell, and then even then they're like, stop, there's a foe there, which is, like, this special type of enemy that roams the dungeon and can, like, really just mess your shit up, uh, so, if you guys can tell, I got some issues with this game, (laughs) And I needed to get it off my chest because yeah. I Damn. totally expected to like it, at least like it. I didn't expect to love it because I knew it wasn't going to be the persona that I've played hundreds and hundreds of hours of and, and loved to death. I was ready for something different, I was ready for something challenging, but it's just, it's hitting in all the wrong spots. Really are is. are
1: there a few uh, Persona spinoffs on the Yeah, the, and that's DS the other
0: thing. The yeah, I love I love the Persona spinoffs. Like, there is a dancing game series, which is actually uh. surprisingly really good. There is a fighting series, uh, the arena games, which is really good. Uh, and there was the first queue on the original DS, or was it the 3DS? Yeah. I'm not sure, but...
1: I think it was 3DS, but I could yeah. be wrong.
0: It, I think it was 3DS. And, um, I never played that, not because I didn't want to, but because I just didn't have time, and then I saw q two, and they were saying, "Oh, you don't need to play q one to understand q two um and so the other thing man is 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 somewhat like the the first dungeon's inspired you know it takes it borrows heavily from five in a way that that makes you intrigued um it uses a, a villain that's like really uh, a tone setter for the game, so to see him again, it was like, whoa! Uh, and then the second one is just not as good like I said just pacing man it, it kills this game Like I, I'm i being honest when I say I don't even know if I'm going to finish it I, I have no desire to right now I'd rather just you know pick up my Game Boy now and try out some other games that I, I missed while I was a kid or mm-hmm. uh, keep chipping away at Smite because I just love playing that game uh, it's just not it's not holding my attention and, and uh, with Dragon Quest Builders as well I was really excited for that I'm probably going to divert my attention that way
1: hmm Time to go
0: back to Fallout Four. <laughs> I already yeah, did no that. Shit. and Got the platinum trophy. <laughs> nice.
1: That, that's another game I go back and visit, and always gets my hooks back in. Me. Yeah,
0: it's. I don't yeah. know what it is either, because it's definitely not my favorite. It's. It's a great game, I think, but it's just like Fallout Three gets it's, it hooks in me big is time. It, but Fallout Four is it
1: three for you? I, I was wondering because I know you're a huge Fallout. Yeah, man, as I am too. Is three the one for you.
0: Three is absolutely the one for me. I mean, I you yeah. know I like I because i create so much fallout content i argue with the objective side of myself who's like yeah but new vegas has like all these great options but i'm like dude three just 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 speaks to me in every fucking way like atmospherically character wise world wise quest wise oh i dropped my pen um it's just everything Oof, man it is just a great game so yeah I, i i i miss that game and i hope that they do like an hd like it Remake. or something along those lines
1: I mean, I mean that's a series that even though todd howard said they're not that is one that would be great on the switch oh my, oh my gosh
0: God. i wish
1: i can't And skyrim was a such a it was a mostly good port there are some issues but it was a good port and it's just so fun on the switch and mm-hmm. it's sell it sold so well like why would they deny they brought i think fallout it's just because it's
2: that different engine and they've talked about the engine for fallout 4 just being or fallout 3 Sorry. Is it that Fallout. different from Skyrim? Y- y- yeah, they well, they both ah. have well Fallout Three and Fallout Four as well. Both have some changes. Yeah, I don't think like they're a, impossible. It's an updated
0: version of the creation. Engine it's an up, so. yeah,
2: and yeah. and I think they probably just added something in there that they're maybe for whatever reason they look at it and go, oh, we we can't hit whatever mm-hmm. we want or something. But I would love, yeah, we've talked about I this, like Maddie and I. Fallout out.
0: Fallout Three would be awesome on the Switch. Um, I just yeah. oh. I don't know why I don't know. I, I mean, I I'm do assuming are it is for a Fallout 10. collection. on um, um, right
1: i think i I think they'll they'll do it eventually, and like I think that knowing the engine is that different from Skyrim mm. that probably is part of the reason I thought they were all the same engine because they look and feel the same. But they, they technically
0: are. They're just like, it's an update. They're just version. updated, it's modified. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: But I mean, it, at this point, we're seeing the fact that the Switch can play games like Doom and Mortal Kombat, you know, so I'm sure that they it's got Fallout Gate. clearly. <laughs> I mean, it's got Baldur's Gate, yeah. So, I just have to feel like at some point they would do that. I That would become the new game I would have put the most time to into, man, if I got Fallout 3 mm-hmm. or 4. Because I think that Fallout 3 is the better game in its time than Mm. Fallout 4 was in its time. Yeah. And I adore 3, but I do probably still have more fun going back to 4, and probably just because it's that much more modern. Mm -hmm. Um, But just give me any – and I like New Vegas too, although it's probably at the bottom of those three. Right. Um, I would just like any of them or a collection. whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, they're all good. Glitches and all, I don't care that those games are glitchy, man. They're so fun. Yeah. (laughs) I just love – and that's – so that – we talked about like the context and story and stuff. And I, I think in my older age, I've just gotten to the point where I care less about story and games. And I so that. I just, yeah. Right. I mean, I have if less it's patience
0: a, with it. I still care a lot. I just, I, if it doesn't like, if in that yeah. first couple hours, I'm just sitting there like, okay, why am I supposed to care?
1: I'm just, I, I instantly, yeah. it just gets down. Like I downplay here, it a lot more. Here's what changed it for me. And I'm curious if you guys have any kind of similar opinions here the way Naughty Dog does story and games really changed it for me because there is so much dialogue and narrative and character growth that happens during gameplay on top of the occasional cutscene as well. And, I mean, even regardless of the fact that their storytelling is really just a cut above pretty much everyone Mm -hmm. else, even if their storytelling was just average, the way it's immersed and and integrated into the game experience and the gameplay – so good that it's just now the bar that i hold the games to so when i play a devil may cry five and every 13 seconds it has to fade to black to give me a cutscene just to see them walk from a to b and say something it's like i don't need that you could have Mm -hmm. let me control the characters still in the game while they talked to each other so that's kind of where Mm -hmm. i've gotten to and so when i look at a game like fallout you get past the first two hours you're just in a big-ass world, man. Just walk and find things and do stuff, and that works so much for me. Because there's small, and, like,
0: little intermittent stories scattered yeah. in those locations you're exploring. Yeah, yeah. it's... uh, Yeah, I kind of... I, I shared pretty much the same opinion. Um, Especially for me, the game that kind of did it, I'd say, is probably uh, Bioshock. <coughs> I'll I um, I'll be right back. up
3: there. No, no problem. Okay.
0: Just that, that in-between storytelling going from that, that fleshed out the world a little bit in a way that didn't make me stop um sometimes i would stop just to intently listen to like whether i'm playing infinite or sure. one or two um but yeah. that's just my own choice but you know like it, it could let you listen walk around keep exploring uh let that so flow good. so good yeah. maintain yeah and so um for me I, I also feel like though games like persona 4 one of my it's top three game of all time for me I, yeah. I adore it, and... um Persona that,
1: 4, no, yeah. not 5? Four. Persona 4? Four.
0: Four. Yeah, okay. I like 4 more than 5. Because, um, okay. you know, bo- I mean, both games have this feature where, you know, you have the social links, and you can sit down and get to know these people in these, like, special conversations, and it's very much, like, a separate part of the game. Mm. Um, you know, I've played games like Danganronpa. I don't know if you've heard of this series, but it's I've like, heard
1: of it, but I don't really know anything other than the title.
0: It is just... It is... Oh man, I I love it, but it is just text. Um, but the writing is a, so good that it just you keeps fire, it going.
1: Are you a Fire Emblem fan? Have you played Fire Emblem? Because it's kind of the same thing.
0: Yeah, I, I I like Fire Emblem. Um, I my first delve into Fire Emblem was well, technically it was one on the Wii, but I played it at a friend's house. Mm. But my first actual like I played it, I got it, I played it, I beat it was. Awakening, that was with Krom, right?
1: Yep, yeah, that was yeah. the big that was the game changer for that franchise that pushed it into the limelight It was
0: because of the difficulty and it, it, it yeah. didn't have permadeath but I think with three houses because I'm seeing a lot of persona elements there and I'm seeing you know the, the three paths you can take and then you're the professor <clears throat> that game is, is really oh man, I, I think that's going to be a dangerous game for me and I'm, I'm going to yeah. try that one with permadeath I'm going to see if I can handle well, it What game? Uh, uh, three Fire houses. Emblem
1: three houses oh gotcha and it sounds like the way you describe that stuff that you liked maddie that that game will do that because there's well it seems like they're they're blending things a lot more with three houses but traditionally with the last few fire emblem games it almost is like two different game experiences like you talked about with Persona. yeah i played there's,
0: conquest and birthright as well
1: yeah so all the the character relationship building and all that stuff that you do that literally feels like a totally different game and mechanic mm-hmm. than when you're just on the battlefield fighting
0: yeah and the fact that, like, the gameplay ties into that relationship building, I don't know. It depends how the systems, yeah. like, integrate. That's, you know, I'm a I'm a, I'm a lot more patient and interested uh, when the gameplay builds something for the story. In the case of Fire Emblem, like, you're fighting with, like, this guy and this girl. Or in the case of Fire Emblem, like, you could do this guy and this guy or this girl and this girl. And, and they can, like, build a relationship together and you can see uh, uh, what happens there. Um, I really like that about those games, so that's why you want to yeah. get into the combat because it's not only fun gameplay-wise, but there's a story payoff and a character <laughs> bit growth there. So, yeah, it, it really depends on the series ultimately. Um, all right, we are at two hours now. We still have a news section and patron questions. Do we want to continue with with uh, our last bit of news, or do do we do we want to just do it all? Oh, I'm good for everything. Okay um,
2: I've while?
1: got a I've got about half an hour, so okay. whatever. Okay. Okay. if that works i hate let's, to be that guy, no but you am, are
0: you're no, fine. fine this is this would okay. be one we, of our longest we have a episodes. tendency to go long <laughs> yeah
1: yeah let's i mean let's i, cut I, out I want news. to i want to but
0: I no you're t- you have no no reason to explain yourself man yeah. this is this is one of our longest episodes <laughs> 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 cool. and that's a good thing that means that you're a great guest yeah definitely yeah
1: sweet oh i'm all having right. a blast yeah so
0: perfect let me let me grab all the questions From our Discord, uh, for those who don't know, if you want to go ahead and... uh, I forgot to say this in the beginning. How did I forget this in the intro? If you could flick a buck, uh, you could be a part of the patron questions as well. We have a whole section in the Discord. Great community there. I tag a message right before we record. Uh, For those who are at their phones or computers, they drop the questions in. Um, But it's become a thing now where we have just people dumping questions in constantly. So, uh, let's start off with... Black out who says um when do you guys think the next generation of consoles will release i'm gonna say fall Can next year yeah
1: yeah well you know what i think it's probably more 2021 i think that's that's when I. oh you think like habit.
0: spring 2021
1: i mean next year is incredibly likely so it's kind of a matter of i could see it going either way mm-hmm. and if i was to, if i was to just come down on one side or another i don't know why i feel like they might still go one more year uh, especially if uh, I think that next year we might see them revealed, um, but they might shoot for sometime in 2021.
3: Hmm. So yeah,
1: tough to say. I mean, PS4 sales are still going strong. Xbox One sales not so much. Although, what am I talking about? We're totally forgetting the fact that Microsoft confirmed holiday for Xbox. Oh yeah, oh yeah, so oh, yeah, yeah totally oh, my yeah. bad. Yeah, and maybe he forgot that when he asked that question too. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Let's go with 2020 since that's we really all, I guess, <laughs> collectively
0: forgot for a second.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be interesting next. I think November, right? Did he say November or maybe not?
0: They didn't say the month. Okay. Let's see so. here. Um, this would be a great question for Carrick. Why do Uh-oh. Sony and Microsoft continue to exclusively use AMD GPUs and CPUs for their consoles? Why not Intel slash NVIDIA? I'd be I'd be curious. To your answer on that, I don't know if it's just a pricing thing, a partnership thing. Um... For Microsoft,
2: it's their deal with the Xbox. I mean, the Xbox original was, was doing okay, and they canceled it purely due to NVIDIA's horrible licensing costs. It was costing them more money to make the console then and it's why xbox original aren't backwards compatible it's not only that it, it was a different style it was a, a ppc chip versus a 64 but it was also because of their ip licensing and they're trying mm-hmm. to figure out the hardware um also the reason why they went with amd this time or last time was because of uh, they wanted a power Uh, a power draw that was there's a certain number in the united states that under a certain power draw can be considered a uh, tv appliance versus a home console pc so they got uh apus which are the cpu and the apu or the gpu built on the same one and they're pretty powerful to be honest right I mean, they're not so bad so it it was easy for them to make the decision to go with less power and it's it's cheaper too because when they make a wafer they make a certain number of uh, cpus and they test them some fail But if you just have one system on a wafer, you're able to make wafers, test them, fail them, cut them out, get the good wafers out, and not worry about two parts you have to fucking solder together, which was, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, issues in the past system. So, and and cheap, man. AMD's power to to wattage is pretty good. So it keeps a nice, cool system, um, but at the same time allows for a good amount of power, which the Xbox 360 could not uh, do, as we
0: know by the (laughs) Red Ring. Yes, indeed. Oh by the way, uh, first question was from Black Dow second question was from Johnsonville I apologize for not name dropping I know we all love that. Uh, YouTuber centric question here uh, no Neil 1992 says so YouTube has a feature where you can basically watch a video while scrolling through the recommended list with no sound on and some sort of generated subtitles which I don't know if he's talking about mobile where you can like slide down and, and like scroll through like your search bar watch next. Uh, He says, I've noticed that ads don't play in this feature. One, does watching a video this way count as a view? Uh, Two, seeing as there's no ads, I would guess that also means there's no ad revenue gain. Just curious how this feature may be negatively impacting creators, if at all. Um, So I think the view would still count because you're clicking on it and it is like registering. I know YouTube, I think they originally used to do like you had to watch a certain amount before it became a view. But I'm sure that was just like too much number crunching before they were like, all right, you clicked, it's a view. Um. Yeah. As for the ad, it de- <laughs> depends what kind, because the creator has some control on if it's like, uh, it like has to play maybe. in the beginning. If yeah. there's a mid-roll, yes. Um, and if it's just like sometimes YouTube has, uh, if you're on like your PC, they'll have like a little ad on the top right corner of the screen, and yeah. nothing will play in the video. Sometimes a banner will pop up, and I don't know how ads are sold in that manner, how they're decided per video, and what happens there uh that's very much the invisible force that generates our revenue <laughs> but uh I, I i'm not sure i think if the if you don't see an ad and technically i don't think there's ad yeah. revenue if you don't
2: see an ad there's not and that's why mobile for the longest amount of time was not giving us any revenue i don't know yeah, if you remember it, that yeah yeah i do but remember it'd be like a thousand mobile views means zero nothing yeah. because mm-hmm. at that time they weren't popping ads correctly and now which they made do. no sense i
0: heard everybody involved
2: yeah, yeah. really yeah. weird but yeah it yeah. needs to show the ad for, for yeah, somebody it, to get
3: into.
1: It's hard for me to picture exactly what mode he's talking about in that question. And so it makes me wonder if it's maybe coincidence that he's watching videos with no pre-rolls, or if it truly is a mode that just restricts advertisements altogether without mm. being like a YouTube premium membership. Because if it's a YouTube premium, then we do get the ad revenue. Right, But yeah, I mean, just like you guys are saying, if if it's something that legit restricts just any ads across the board, I mean, yeah, you guys yes. are right. There's no way there's any revenue going in. Yeah, there's,
0: yeah. there's no counting on that one,
2: unfortunately.
1: Yeah, definitely
0: not. So uh, yeah. shout out to all of you who sit through our ads. We appreciate you. Oh, right, yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah. Uh, Carlton Dexter, I was just thinking, I believe you said in videos, uh, I guess he's talking about me, that Anthem would be... Very important in saving Bioware after the failure of Mass Effect Andromeda. What are your thoughts now on Bioware now that Anthem is out and having a lot of issues? You know, it's actually kind of funny. I had a video that did well but got, like, mass downvoted about how I said I'm concerned. Like, And this was, like, when Anthem was first revealed. And I was like, I I think it was called, like, Why I Don't Trust Anthem. Hmm. And I just broke down how they're not the same Bioware. I feel like we don't know enough about the game. Something seems strange. And like I'm talking, this was like initial, initial reveal. And uh, Maddie was right. Maddie was right. Anyway, uh, we can all answer this question, of course. Yeah. Uh, what are my thoughts now on Bioware? Now that Anthem is out and having a lot of issues, they used to be, the way I look at it is they used to be a developer that my eyes used to light up when I saw their game or their name on a product. And now it's just like, they're in that bin of developers that I see. And I'm like, ugh. God, they're working on it, and that's a shame because they've made multiple favorite games of all time for me. Like it, it hurts, you know. Like you don't want that for them, you know. They made the Mass Effect series, they made or they made Dragon Age Origins, like they, a Jade Empire, like, and I'm sure you guys maybe have played like Baldur's Gate or uh, Icewind Dale, like, yeah. uh, you know, just timeless role playing games, and and uh, to see them, you know, make a and a, a happy kind of we'll call it with with Mass Effect Andromeda, which uh landed for some because of its gameplay uh story was definitely not there i think most can agree on that um and then anthem being just this colossal failure you know i, I know we all like our sizzle negative words for our, our videos out there but for real man like that game was a failure across the board and it was really punched pounded in when they went to e3 ea they being ea and and talked nothing about it and the only thing they said was yeah, we're still working on Anthem. Like, th- that's all they said. It-, it was unbelievable. Um, And I don't think anyone predicted this, but I'm sorry, like, that game is, like, dead on Twitch. I don't think... I think they... Someone did a viewer count, and uh people were, like, comparing, like, old retro games, and they were saying, like, this game from, like, 2006 has more players than Anthem currently does. Like, uh, what I'd love to see uh when it comes to Bioware is for them to learn from this. Um you know kind of there there's good experimentation and there's hey stay in your fucking lane kind of stuff where this is a situation where um if it ends up being a a strong lesson that they learn where they can build something better after this and go all right that's not our thing fine but it kind of reminded me of bethesda game studios at 76 like we wanted some wanted multiplayer some not everybody some wanted multiplayer in their games But when you did it the way '76 started off, it was like, "Yo, just stay with RPGs because that was what you were good at." You know, even at Fallout 4, where people thought it was at its worst, Mm -hmm. I still thought it was pretty solid. Um, What what about you, fellas? What are your thoughts on Bioware now after uh, after Anthem? Go ahead, Rob.
1: Oh, thanks. Uh, I think that um, it's interesting when you talk about, you know, hey, Bioware, are you learning from this, and you know, can you stay in your lane? Because I think the question a lot of us ask is how much how much of that question should be focused at them and how much needs to be focused at EA, because we all know that, that mm. there's, a, there's a relationship there that may or may not be part of the problem. But obviously, like you said, we do also know that the current Bioware also just isn't the same Bioware it used to be. Yeah. So it could yeah. be all factors kind of working against it. Um, and the way Anthem is going right now, uh, and with... I don't I hate to be nervous about the next Dragon Age, but I know that we all pretty much are nervous about the next Dragon mm-hmm. Age. If it also really tanks the way Andromeda and Anthem did, it will be—if it's not already—it'll be the most legendary fall from grace I think we will have ever seen, and might even ever see. Well, okay, maybe you go back to like Atari falling off back in the day and stuff, but at least the kind of modern, era. yeah,
0: current gaming. I, I think that would be probably one of the one of if not yeah. the biggest fall off.
1: I mean, every single game and series you listed. I mean, Kotor for the love of God should be your get out of jail free card forever. And they mm-hmm. have already thrown that thing out of the water, man, like, mm. and with everything in Mass Effect. And I Ugh. think uh, the first two Dragon Ages were great. I know people hate Dragon Age 2. I actually really like Dragon I, Age I like
0: Dragon Age H- 2. I liked it way more than Inquisition, I'll tell you that much.
1: <laughs> yeah, but th- and it's interesting because with Inquisition, I think that's a situation where I didn't like Inquisition just because I found it boring. It wasn't so much that it was bad. And it's not falling prey to the problems that Anthem are falling prey to, which is the monetization, the roadmaps, DLC, incomplete, blah, blah, blah. Inquisition was a complete, solidly built game. I just found it boring. I just found it really boring. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they were still kind of working within the wheelhouse of, we're Bioware and we care and we make good games. So I just don't know. Um, I'd love to see them get saved, and I would love to find out that... Maybe they can operate more autonomously without EA's leadership. I'd love to see them do what
0: Bungie did with Activision. I would love to see that. That'd
1: be interesting, right? That would be very interesting. I think that that – well, but here's the thing is people could argue that that didn't necessarily work out very well either because mm-hmm. they've now since left anyway, right? They just kind of called that whole thing quits. Mm-hmm. Um although, like I said earlier, I like Destiny 1 and 2. So I still think they made good games with flaws, but I still think they made two pretty good games. Right. Um but, so I but I do so I do see what you're saying. I think it would be very interesting if they did something like that and probably way better for BioWare if they did. But they probably don't have that power when you look at how much power EA themselves do do have. So you know, we got that big write-up about the crunch and the really shitty conditions at BioWare. And so that makes you kind of think, is it really on BioWare as much as it is EA? You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it kind of roped them in with the guilt of the whole situation. But I don't know. It, I just, uh, I hope that they turn it around, man. But they might it, not.
2: It was interesting to talk to some people who worked at BioWare because that's, they've been my company since day one. Like, yeah. since day one. And talk to them when they worked with the doctors uh, at Microsoft and then prior on Baldur's Gate, and uh, the crunch was there even then. A lot of people like to sort of assume it only began, it, like at EA, and it's like, mm, yeah, mm. the The crunch mentality's been around since day one. It's just like, now we're starting to out it. Um, I would personally say that the, the fall from <laughs> grace for me is the fact that I cringe when I think of them making a new KOTOR instead of get excited. Yeah, and that disturbs me. And not—I I don't get too emotional about the stuff. It's companies, um, but it still bothers them a little bit. That—that that disturbs me a little bit. Being like, wow, or the fact that Star Trek Online or Star Wars Online is actually pretty goddamn good. The Knights of the Republic the is Older actually, Republic, yeah. yeah, is actually a solid story and stuff. And they couldn't yeah. do that. And you're all—that's weird. Like, how the fuck did that? How did that occur? So, hmm. um, I think once the doctors left, just like rare. Once you, leave, once you have the certain creative body leave, the entire world changes. And those, yeah. when the mm-hmm. doctors left, shit changed. Because they came into the world not having game experience. And I think that says something. I think sometimes that's the freshness you need. Is yeah. somebody who doesn't have... The, they're Outside not held everything. down. Yeah. yeah, and then by the time they left, they were. If you read their leaving letters, damn, son. And that was mm. before the big EA stuff really became a thing. When yeah. they let... You could already tell like they were they were on the outs they were like peace out bitches we ain't ever coming back the yeah. guy who brews beer is like no like like he's just animate he's like "Fucking never happening so i i think that um the only way they could do it is if they did do the same kind of thing that maybe they split off from ea and then they you know they bring in people from outside that are role players right people from right. board games people from D, those but kind that, of people but
1: then it's like who who has the, the power, power. Who has the power in those relationships to make that decision, you know? Like, does it have to be joint? Is there any well, legal like, power that BioWare has to be like, true. we want to leave kind of thing? It's, well, it's like Bungie,
2: Bungie bought themselves out. Um, was so... it a purchase
1: out? I thought it was more like a mutual um, no, like a a thing. Okay, It was a purchase
2: out. out. Yeah, gotcha. they bought them. Um, and which is cool, though, because not to be rude, I don't think they were great when they were working for Microsoft at the end. At the end. I think there was already issues with Bungie, uh, and then they, was, they left. Even though I like Destiny, like, like you, I liked 1 and 2. Yeah. But there was there was some stories going on about the people who were at the top of Bungie already, prior to them leaving Microsoft. And then they went to Activision, mm-hmm. and I think we were all like, yeah. what the fuck? Right. Yeah. Like, what's happening right now? Or, yeah, Bungie. And they went to was, Activision, and we were, like, surprised. Um,
1: yeah. Was the last so game they made with Microsoft was Halo 3, I think, right, before they left? They did Halo
2: 3, and then they did. ODST,
1: um, I bet. They made. uh,
2: Or was ODST them? But then they also made, like, Stubbs the Zombie. Was it Stubbs the Zombie? They made a couple side games, too. I don't remember what they were. Didn't they make the pirate game? Duh. Didn't they make? Didn't Bungie make like a 2D pirate sailing game as well?
0: Oh boy! Uh, yeah, I,
2: I, I believe they did. You uh, might want to look it up. Okay. Yeah, they made they made some side stuff, but there were already yeah. stories about like the leadership going a little weird there. I think yeah. turnover is good for the leadership sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Get the yeah. get somebody fresh in there to oh, be yeah. like, dude, we don't want to follow the same rules that got us in the shit position we're in right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know, man. I feel like one more failure could and disaster. it would change the we'll probably see a name change. Yeah. You know. Almost almost bio. Whyo bio.
0: Just reverse it. I, I feel it would be like kind of like uh, irrational games. I feel like that's what <laughs> right. Would happen. Right. Yeah. Um, it's very 100%. possible. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, We're going to combine two questions because they're kind of the same thing. We'll start off with Tropical Ice Cow. I recently picked up GTA 5 again, but on PC and found myself constantly switching between keyboard and mouse and controller. Is there many games on PC like this for you, or do you prefer controller over keyboard and mouse? To which Crazy Herb also asked, do you prefer keyboard and mouse or controller? Mm. Um, I don't game on the PC a ton, uh when i do if i can use the controller i will but there are certain situations like recently i got battalion 1944 on sale and uh Mm. that's a very you know it's a solid game man and and that's like very much like a counter-strike style shooter we'll say where um you know you gotta make those shots hit and you know the advantages to the people with the keyboard and mouse so you gotta play that way i feel um so it depends on the experience if i'm playing like a third person game i especially want a controller it pretty much i mean i grew up with a controller i can deal with keyboard and mouse but i'm always doing this kind of position when i'm fucking editing when i'm working like I, I like to just rest the controller in my lap and kick my feet up so maybe there's just too much work tied to it but you know i, I just if i can use a controller that's what i'm going for yeah I, I i test them all for reviews so i switch off whatever works
2: is what works so i'll test them both and okay. go uh this feels better or this or this doesn't so i would agree with you like when you're doing a multiplayer game if you're going in with mouse and keyboard and you're using your game pad you might, there might be a little bit. We were talking about unbalanced before. That yeah. is past unbalanced. That's Brilliant. broken. <laughs> like when you go against somebody and you've got you're your, you know, your own experience. Dude, yeah, I've had friends who are like, I'm gonna play with you guys, like in Arma, uh, takedown mm-hmm. plays. You know, takedown. You had him yeah. on this podcast. He's like, I'm gonna play Arma with a, <laughs> a, a, a game pad, and I'm like,
3: okay, dude, right, and man, he couldn't
2: hit shit, man. Yeah, it was yeah. just because uh, there's no the so it's like your level of fidelity is, yeah, is incredible between yeah. the two.
1: See, so yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a weird kind of answer to this because I'm not a big PC gamer. Uh, I have nothing against it. It's just I just like the simplicity of consoles, and I just sure. love a console gamer. But I've definitely played a couple of games on PC, and my approach to playing PC is that I want to. If I'm going to play a, a game on PC, I want the thing that makes playing on a PC unique. So yeah. I prefer the mouse and keyboard for that reason. It's like gotcha. if I'm going to have a controller in my hand, why wouldn't I? Most games are this on all platforms anyway. Why wouldn't I play it on my PlayStation or my Xbox? So if mm-hmm. I'm going to go to PC, the few times I've played a game really heavily on PC, which is like my first Skyrim, my second Fallout 3, uh, Dragon mm-hmm. Age 1 and 2, and uh, uh, Diablo 1, 2, and 3, all those things, it's like I want the mouse and keyboard feel because then it's like I'm playing PC the way it's supposed to be played. Like this is the design. This is that. what makes it a <clears throat> unique experience. So, and I know most people play with just regular controllers on PC, and that's fine. But to me, it's like I just I want what makes it what it is.
2: Do you know? Let let me throw. So we had this discussion, and somebody did remind me of something a couple months ago because I said the same thing you did, and they're like, he stopped me in the middle of the Discord, and he's like, "Bitch, a PC is flexible on purpose. You should be able to use whatever you want." And I was all, "Hmm, because." I'm yeah. exactly, like, I'm like, PC is in front, right? Like, here's how I play a PC game.
3: Yeah. Right, yeah, the totally.
2: monitor's right here, the mouse and keyboard. And he was all, but it's, the PC has those USB ports for a reason and should be able sure. to use whatever for, so which is better? See, I agree with you, but at the same time, I also, I see his point. Like, mm-hmm. I do see the point of, well, yeah, the flexibility's there, because, for example, do you steering wheel? I got to tell you. I used to play all gamepad. I get steering wheel out occasionally. Now, whenever I'm doing a racing game, it's steering wheel. Like, nice. absolutely yeah. all the it's all time. The if, if, yeah. It's it's all about the peripherals. But that's mostly for PC. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it like I agree mm. with you. But I have to say his point is valid. Like I don't know oh, where yeah. I I don't I know mean, where that's... I shed on that mm-hmm. one.
1: Yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, I think I think what it comes down to is you and I just happen to have a preference. But I, I think the great thing about PC is that it offers... Yeah, right. So that, right. And that is, just like I think the Switch is great because of the versatility of the seventy ways yeah. way you can play that. Same with PC. Like, I love that people play games on PC with the gamepad, and that's what allows them to do it. I just know when I gravitate towards PC, it's because I want to feel something different than everything else I do on my TV. Right. So that's why I like... That's why I, I like that. mouse
3: and keyboard. So, yeah, I yeah, get that.
1: yeah
0: We have time for one more question. I apologize to any oh. patrons who had their questions missed. AC Denton asks, what are your thoughts on the new Steam Labs update and its current experiments, which are micro six-second trailers, machine learning for uh, (laughs) recommending games, etc.? What other things do you think Valve should experiment with through Steam Labs? So this is the thing. I didn't get a chance to fully read up on it, but this is the thing, right, that um, let's say I put 10 hours into KOTOR. I put way more into that, by the way, but uh, let's say I did. Um... They would recommend other RPGs based, like, through my time spent with RPGs, right? Is that kind of how it works? Pretty much. That's pretty much how it works. Don't they do that anyway? Don't they do suggestions like, hey, because you own this game, you should try this?
2: Yeah, but that's using the tags as uh, genre-specific tags. So if you're a FPS fan and you played a game that's based on FPS, it can say, okay, this is an FPS game. It, so pop it in. This is more machine learning. Using the AI to identify how long you've spent. Be, for example, if I own 10 FPS games but play a driving game for 100 hours, this would be able to delineate between the two. And go, I go, oh like
0: that. That doesn't sound...
2: Yeah, it, it's not. It's just you guys need to see this, man. The reason why I was laughing is because it is hilarious. You can go to their page and it will show you six second trailers of the games. And you'll just be like, what? It's like an MTV music video crunched down to like 30 seconds in in its recommendations it's really weird i mean overall i would say it seems like steam is just trying new shit so i don't really have anything to add Uh, other other than that it was funny that's what everyone was
0: complaining about (laughs) and they were like steam's doing nothing well yeah it was
2: just it's just weird it's just weird but there's nothing necessarily wrong with it
3: okay
0: rob what about you
1: uh it's it's kind of out of my wheelhouse so I really don't have much I don't know. I mean cuz you said it was about Streamlabs is what he asked about, right? But you guys were talking about Steam. Is Steam, Steam Labs. Labs. It's so so Steam it, Labs. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's
2: just like Streamlabs but it's missing the art, like everybody was confused on the same thing. Yeah, it's no Steam idea. Labs. Um, and it, yeah. it's basically just a fix to the search algorithms really that, using AI yeah. to figure it out.
1: That's what it sounds like the way you were describing like this the the trailer kind of situation. Mm. Um, I'm not a streamer. I don't really do any of that stuff. I couldn't even use regular streamlabs to save my life. I was trying to figure it out the other day. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's it's kind of out of my wheelhouse, so I don't know. I don't have. I don't have much to add, really.
0: Okay, yeah. uh, that'll do it then. That will do it. Awesome. What was that? That was like two hours twenty six minutes. That would have been a three hour podcast. That was we, a blast. If we included the last one, <laughs> yeah, that 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 would have. Oh my gosh, that was a long ass yeah. show. <laughs> that was a blast it though. didn't
2: feel long it didn't no, feel yeah, long. No, that's. like i when you said it was that long i kept looking at my clock going am
1: i you're like really off by an hour mm-hmm. or something
0: yeah, yeah that was awesome
1: yeah well, no dude, that was a blast thank you so much for having me on of course
0: man we appreciate yeah. you giving uh more than your time you, you gave us a lot here man uh we we yeah. really appreciate that you're always welcome on um yeah for sure all it takes is a dm you just go matt i'm ready it's like okay.
1: How do you yeah. how do you post these and stuff? I think they go up like two days later normally. Is yes, that
0: correct. Every Sunday they go live. I mean, Audio goes to patrons early. though. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, uh, it'll go within patrons no. today. Once we shut off the recording, within like twenty minutes, I have it up on my Patreon for people to listen. Oh sweet. Yeah. So gotcha. you know, it gives yeah. Because really I wanted excellent. to
1: make sure that I I wanted to make sure to like tweet it out and like pimp it oh, out. I appreciate
0: yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, pimp it out. Great. Yeah. yeah. All right, we like pimp that. It, we usually don't ask that of our guests, but we like it when you do. <laughs> anyway oh
1: yeah I think it makes sense
0: we uh, we appreciate your time be sure to check out rob's channel I'll have that linked in the description down below uh great creator huge Metroid fan so if you guys like Metroid yes. go support the man um yeah. awesome discussions there yeah and um that'll do it any closing words boys no, no thanks just, thanks for coming on man that was a blast
1: yeah definitely thanks for having me
0: of course all right and we'll see you guys next week with episode 211 peace out.